Hi, this is Reese Roper, and you're listening to our newest podcast ever. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew and John, and we love this podcast because it's about us. Welcome to Magnified Pod, the second season, our newest podcast ever. And the end is here. And I'm not talking about the album. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. Yes. Uh, You know, John, uh, I think that if there's one thing that we're doing very well in this second season of this podcast is social distancing. Yeah, that's true. Um, You're welcome, everyone. (laughs) We have been practicing social distancing (laughs) for several months now. Yeah. And, you know, by the time this episode comes out, Right. I don't know. Minneapolis could be a smoking crater. I don't <laughs> know. Chicago could be, you know, post-apocalyptic thunderdome. Yeah. You know, we had that game several weeks ago about like, ha ha ha, let's, let's talk about the end times and like as a joke and like. <laughs> a little too real now. Now it's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, yeah. we dropped the ball for anyone who would need a new podcast <laughs> the week we're recording, which is quarantine week one, one of question mark. Um, and then next week when we have an episode out, it will not reference the quarantine, but you know, by the next week, this is really going to either be like, Oh, I'm glad that's behind us or like even more bitter. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. It's so I, I don't know whether or not to be relieved for future Andrew and John or to pity them. I know. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) And be like people listening to this right now be like, how young, how young and naive those two were. Well, we've been there before about the state of the world. So yeah, not going to rule it out. That's true. I got a video today from a friend in Chicago with um, a train carrying like dozens of Humvees into Chicago. Okay. Um, cool. And, and it sounds like uh, Pritzker is calling in the National Guard. Ah. Um, I'm thinking to set up like mobile hospital yeah, yeah, yeah. units and stuff like that. But just like the the image of just train a train full of like military vehicles just rolling in. Yeah, it's a little terrifying. It's not. It's not a comforting image. No, no. Um, these are not comforting times. But you know what? Christian Ska from the 90s is here to comfort you as our podcasts about as much. Yeah. And if there's anything that if there's, I mean, everybody has plenty of time these days. So I don't want to hear one more person be like, man, you podcasts are too, you've got nothing to do. (laughs) Yeah. We knew this was going to happen. We were preparing for you to spend hours and hours listening. So yeah. Also, Um, um, this quarantine brought to you by alcohol. Alcohol. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if you don't like the coronavirus, drink and you'll forget about it. Alcohol. Like a, alcohol is our, our new sponsor, right? Yes, our our longest our longest sponsor. Longest time, longest yeah. uh, term sponsor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, you know, it's been a, a tough week. My yeah. wife and I working from home two little kids out of school and going nuts. We're all going nuts. I'm finding that I'm like mostly doing my work at night, which makes me stressed out. And Mm. 
not been a great time, but I'm also very aware that I'm in like a position of privilege to be working a job that's not totally dependent or, on, yeah, sure. you know, as opposed to retailers yeah. or restaurant oh, workers or Ugh, bartenders yeah. or people in the arts or any of that. So, you know, imagine, imagine if, you know, for example, we had a president over the pa- these past <laughs> few years who had sort of like been preparing for, for this kind of thing, or, you know, didn't get rid of, um, uh, you know, a, a, a task force that would, you know, specifically help us for this exact specific, situation. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, uh, raise the minimum wage. So people in mm. these kind of these jobs wouldn't be as stressed out as if they, as they are now, or, yeah. you know, if we had healthcare that was, you know, Medicare for all or some sort of universal healthcare, amazing what that could have meant for these people right now. But yeah. this timeline doesn't want no. that. No, no. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, if this will sound dated at all when this comes out, but just be kind to one another right now and find ways to um, support people uh, financially or organizations or companies, you know, um, whatever small businesses you care about. Um and uh, find ways to reach out to each other, check on each other. Just, you know, we, we, we need more, more kindness right now. So Absolutely. And you know what? Like, I want to say two things about that. Musicians, uh, bands that are canceling show after show yeah. after tour. And if people are full-time professional musicians, they rely on yeah. um, money from the shows, from the merch, you know. And fortunately, we live in a time when bands can adapt to this kind of thing and perform, uh, you know, do live streams and that kind of thing. But like, you know, just like hit up your favorite band, go buy some merch from them, um, you know, just kind of try and show them some extra love because this is hitting, you know, hitting them pretty hard too. It's going to be, it's going to be a pretty musicless summer. Yeah. And I'm... I have I have tickets to one of my favorite bands this May, and chances are that shit's not going to happen. Yeah. So I don't know what's that? between the buried and me. Oh, uh, right, yeah. I and I purchased a VIP package to like do a meet and greet and like oh, man. Yeah. picture and like like a poster and like a cassette of their first record. And so I don't know if that's happening. It's probably not happening. You know, considering. Yeah, it's it's not it's like just a couple months away and they're right. talking like 12 to 18 months of trying to get this shit under control you know yeah so well, we'll see i've i've been kind of describing this as um uh the first season of a new of a new apocalyptic series uh-huh. and it's like we're all just sort of in that <laughs> you know when everybody in the in the series is like really green and and they're like oh i don't know if i what i i am just too scared and then by like season seven they're like grizzled as fuck and they're yeah, just yeah. like <laughs> they're just like going ham against like the undead and whatever you know yep. so i just feel like you know by by season six and seven we're all gonna be like <laughs> hanging in that some sort of burned out factory you know uh-huh, yeah dr- drinking welcome pee. to magnified pod uh, <laughs> the, um, yeah, Starfire Fifty Nine season. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be doing it. We're not going to be like talking shoegaze in the apocalypse. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> That's um, 
yeah we're getting... live from our from our abandoned warehouse <laughs> yeah yeah well uh, we're, we're here to hold your hand through the apocalypse at least you'll also yeah. have magpod nation that's true and also the other thing i was going to say like um there are lots of apps that make it really easy to connect to people, whether it's FaceTime or or Google duo. I've been using Marco Polo a lot this week. Mm, Yeah. You know, just, uh, it's like basically just sending video messages there that like, cause not everybody can hop on a, on a FaceTime like every second. But if you have like someone wants to be like, Oh, I wanted to share something. And then you just send them a message and, and then, yeah. so it's just like sort of a staggered way to have a conversation with somebody. And that's been, that has really helped me kind of stay grounded by seeing people I care about and seeing people's faces and just like yeah, bringing a little levity to the situation. Yeah. Good. Everybody check in on each other. Yep. That's all I got. <laughs> yep. If I sound uh, exhausted, it's because I am. <laughs> yeah. This is a, this is a weird this is a weird week. I, you asked me, you asked me like today or yesterday, kind of how I'm holding up, and I sent you this gif of Gollum, <laughs> just sort of like fluctuating between like six different emotions in like yeah. in a matter of a few seconds, and I'm just like, this is. I don't know what else I could do. What else could describe it better? Just like right. from moment to moment, I'm like, I'm all right. Yeah. And then the next, you know, hour, I'm like. Well, Earth had a good run. We'll be all right. You know, <laughs> right, like, yeah. I guess this is it. You know, whatever. You're uh, you're right on the border of Smeagol and Gollum right now <laughs> before you go completely <laughs> to the dark side. Yeah. What's apocalypse, precious? <laughs> That's pretty good. I was going to try one, but I don't think I should now. <laughs> anyway. Stupid fat president. <laughs> That's pretty you good. You ruined it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. So I'm just one thing that I'm I'm just desperate for right now is any any level of moral leadership. Yeah. That just would be nice. So many like late night shows now are just like filming at their houses. So like Colbert right. and Conan and Jimmy are just they're all just like shooting like monologues essentially at their house and and it's just nice to hear people with a heart like yeah, totally. say just say something comforting. Yeah. And not just like get on national TV and just like stroke themselves about how great they are. Right. Like yeah. I just, I just, people want to feel comforted by leaders and yes. it just, it, nothing about that is coming from our government. And they're the ones that are supposed to be comforting us and helping the American uh, population figure out, figure out what's going on. And right. it just, it just feels like they're flailing and it's like, I guess we're just on our own. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. When it's weird when you have to be like, ignore what the president is saying, <laughs> do this other thing instead. Um, yeah. We watched uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Mr. Rogers movie last night. Sure. And uh, we felt this way too when the documentary came out. I don't know if that was last year or two years ago, but where it was like, oh, right. Like, kindness and uh <laughs> selflessness and, yeah oh, um, oh right that humility like leadership um in that form and uh it felt like a real 
antidote to the situation we're in. So anyway, yeah. watch some Mr. Rogers, listen to the pod. Yeah. The bomb. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you just, just watch Mr. Rogers and listen to us. It's pretty I mean, much. That's the <laughs> ideal combo. There's so many uh, weird synchronicities. Like I know Mr. Rogers talks about his sweater when we're talking about sweaters i don't know yeah <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> we i was trying yeah. to think of any like five iron song that had any connection and i was like I'm coming up short here Meet us with uh, your five iron mr rogers connections <laughs> using the hashtag mr rogers five iron quarantine 2020 super easy hashtag to remember everybody got that perfect we're Rolls. not gonna say it again you know, let's let, i want to talk about what we're doing during this time I don't know about you. You have a wife and two beautiful children Mm -hmm. and I'm all alone. Uh Both, both uh, (laughs) dim prospects sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. That's a, that's a self burn. Um, Burn on Jenny and your amazing darling (laughs) children. They know Uh, that uh, I love them. (laughs) No, I know it's I've, this is, this is, Okay, so uh, we've we didn't get you last night on our our bro Zoom call that we're yeah, we're trying to set time. up yeah. next time. But me and uh, past pod guest Brian Nelson Phelan, past pod voicemail lever uh, Mark Atkinson, and um, future podcast <laughs> a contributor yeah. Dave Johnson. I don't know. Yeah. He's uh, these are all uh, Minnesota folks that. Um, our podcast adjacent or contributors. And so we've been getting, and, and also our friend, uh, uh, Eric Nordenson. Um, we, we got on a zoom call last week and most of us, uh, this week just kind of do a little face to face little, I mean, John and I do this on a weekly basis, (laughs) but, uh, they, they don't, uh, the aforementioned friends, not going um, through albums every time you hang out. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not being like, hey, what's uh, what are your feelings on MXPX and Five on a Wii? But no, s- exactly. That's most of my most of my relationships are based on <laughs> these two bands. But no, but um, you know, this is things like Zoom and um, to a lesser extent, like. Instagram, but like Duo and Marco Polo and all of these apps that are bringing people face to face is exactly the thing that I need right now yeah. because we were talking about it. On, uh, this is this is me trying to bring this full circle because last night all these guys that we were on the call with, it, um, most of them have, are married. Well, all of them are married, and then most of them have children, mm-hmm. and and so I'm talking to them about like and they were sort of kind of lamenting what i'm hearing a lot of people who are are kind of struggling with like school at home with their kids or just like trying to stay sane by keeping kids entertained um and and i'm like yeah i'm i'm by myself all the time and (laughs) i wish i could have a little bit more social interaction and they're and it just seems like there's kind of a grass is greener situation going on yeah, where people yeah. are like, Oh, I'd fucking love to not right. be surrounded by people all the time for weeks and weeks on end. Yeah. Um, but I guess it also depends on your personality. I, 
you know, but it's, it's a, it's a really weird time. So yeah. Um, we've explored this a little on the pod that you are an extrovert and I am a hardcore introvert. And so yeah. I'm feeling a little bit like clawing my flesh off sometimes, but um, you know, it, it there's ebbs and flows and highs and lows every day. And it's just yeah. trying to take it a day at a time and be grateful yeah. for a lot of things. So yeah, and and you as an Enneagram nine, and me as an Enneagram four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as uh, you being someone who likes to avoid conflict, and me <laughs> being somebody who just be a little bit gloomy and dark. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, these are. Uh, how does one avoid yeah. conflict when right. you're just surrounded by people all the time? And how does somebody not? lean into the darkness when there's yeah. darkness pressing in on us, yes. you know, so it's, it's we're, a, uh, we're challenges. not, uh, neither we're not of us are particularly <laughs> wired for this moment. I don't we're think we're not so. well equipped for this moment there. No. I've been seeing a bunch of Enneagram posts yeah. about like people, the different like responses to the, to your Enneagram number based on. Yeah. And, and yeah. well, Jenny <laughs> yeah. is a type one which is like organized, yeah. wanting to get things in order. And she's yes. like oh, kind I'm, of I'm, I'm thriving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she literally like cleaned out our entire fridge today and like sure, sure. is setting up systems, which is awesome. But I'm like, I literally worked for like 15 minutes today and I have so much work to do right now. And yeah. I'm cramming it in from like 8 to 1 a.m. And it's just yeah. I'm, um, out there. I'm, I'm like the opposite of being productive right now. It's hard to me. It's hard to feel the motivation Man. to do just about anything. You're making a, a stellar podcast. You're goddamn right we are. <laughs> and do you know what else I'm doing a lot of lately? Uh, drinking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm um I'm about to crack open uh, the latest provisions hey. delivered to me by my local liquor store um, yeah. because I don't know about I don't know about Illinois, but. Um, our governor maintained that liquor stores should remain open. Yeah. And I think that's true everywhere. Okay, good. Because yeah, I don't, I, I feel like if there's an essential service, it's, it's the, <laughs> it's the booze man. It's booze. Yeah. I also heard, I mean, there's an argument to be made that like, um, if alcoholics, um, are faced with closed liquor stores, it leads to more withdrawal, which leads to more people flooding hospitals, which we don't need right now. So, Interesting. but I'm happy they are essential for me. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I just cracked open a Fulton 300. A I don't know what that is, but it sounds good. You've never had Fulton? Oh, the beer. I thought for some reason my head was thinking, well, I'm drinking bourbon tonight and we had bourbon last week. So maybe I just assumed you were talking about hard stuff, but yes, I have. No, I've, I've been, I haven't had beer in weeks. Um, oh, nice work. Because I've just been going through all of, all of the bourbon that I, and whiskey yeah. that I have here. And I was like, you know what? Daddy wants a beer. <laughs> sometimes daddy <laughs> wants a beer. Sometimes and daddy gets what daddy wants. <laughs> and now that you don't have a mustache anymore, you can get away with stuff like that <laughs> a little better. <laughs> yeah. The um for those for those who um you listen to I I uh I had my my mustache that I was growing during what what did I call it? Yeah, it was I it was my quarantine stash. Yeah. And I, so it was maybe, I think I grew it uh, for maybe 10 days or something like that. Mm-hmm. And which is about seven days longer than I've ever grown. 
facial hair, which I don't grow because I can't. I compared it to I, 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 when people are like, oh, I want to see pictures. And I say, no. Yeah. Um, and one of my friends, I said, uh, you remember some years ago when Michael Sarah grew out his mustache <laughs> yeah. right. and it was, and it was horrible. Yeah. And I was like, it's, it was worse than that. Right. And, <laughs> and I'm realizing so, that we already talked about this in this episode. Did we? We're doing this, um, kind of spliced up at different times. And I remember you talking about Leonardo DiCaprio and a few of those guys. So. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just catching everybody up that yeah. the mustache has been shaved. <laughs> okay. It is, it is over. Yeah. Uh, the experiment was a failure. Well, in, in a way it wasn't, it wasn't a failure because mm-hmm. what I learned is even if I could grow facial hair, I don't like it on me. I don't like, sure. I don't like the way it feels yeah. on, on me. So other people look great. You look great. You have you. An, an epic beard, uh-huh. but I could, well, not pull, well, I, I could not pull that shit off. Lots of, lots of beardos on your, on your dude Zoom call last night. It's mm-hmm. really you and Brian who are, the, who are the holdouts genetically, I guess. <laughs> Rude. I mean, <laughs> it's not your fault. No, it's not. I blame my dad. Yeah, blame um, the Swedes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's weird because there are like my dad's brother and his kids can mm. grow epic beards. So I don't know where the the genes spliced yeah. or you know how those how I don't know science <laughs> science. Anyway, um, so what what has been making up your majority of your time during this uh, this quarantine? Children uh, yeah. yelling at me me yelling at children. Uh, that's, that's really the bulk of my day to day. Oh man. <laughs> Perfect. You know, sometimes we make it outside and that's kind of nice, but it's been raining lately here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, I yes, I see a lot of posts about what to do with all your free time and I feel triggered hashtag triggered. Um, <laughs> but I also know it would be really hard for me to not be able to like hug my family, which I get to do. Yeah, whatever I want. So yeah. there are there are strengths and weaknesses to the experience. Yep, I could really go for a hug right now. Yeah, man. That just I being I could get these just, arms around you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm saying, man. I just just being real. As somebody yeah. who um, one of my love languages is physical affection and touch. Yeah, same. It's a it's a bummer. It's a big yeah, bummer. To <laughs> I and the thing is, like I my parents. Um, dropped off some food for me today because they mm. they were like they wanted to see me, right? And and they're like, what what do you need? But they're like, we're going to the grocery store. What do you need? Mm. And and there are things that I haven't been able to get on on like Amazon and and right. through Whole Foods and stuff. So they just and we just talked through my like you know uh, door essentially yeah. like my my. Uh, screen door but the screen was down so but if yeah. people are concerned that we were but no we it was we were sort of yelling at each other through the door and it's like this is this i love you <laughs> it's, it's really hard <laughs> this sucks um but at the same time you know the stories coming out of new york state yeah it's just like it's apocalyptic yeah yeah it's scary man i it's I can feel myself getting swallowed up by anxiety more than normal each day. And I kind of have to yeah. like 
yep. pump the brakes a little bit on like reading the news and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, I'm definitely going to, to gain that quarantine 15. Like I yeah. already feel myself <laughs> getting fatter and it's already, it's only been like just a couple weeks. So yeah. uh, it's weird but, how meals become like a lot closer together when you're like, I mean, the food is a foot away. I feel like it's probably lunchtime now. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's not, but it's not even that. There's some people that are like, they can eat their metabolisms are just right, right, that, right. that great. And like, if I don't move, I'm like, I already had a sedentary job. Right, yeah, and yeah. the fact that I can't even go to the gym or anything yeah, right now. And that's hard. And I'm sort of like afraid to go outside if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. I mean, walks are okay. As right. Long I know. As you have social distance. I know. I know. <laughs> But yes, but I, I, I just want to. I just want to play it like extra, extra safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've just seen so many terrible takes online, and I think as the days go by, yep. the the people that were downplaying this and being like, "Whoa, well, the flu is you know kills this many people," and right. and it's like this is killing healthy, right. normal people that don't have like yeah, the flu. You don't you don't see people like hospitals needing to get refrigerator trucks to right, store right. dead bodies because they're so overwhelmed with the flu. Right. This is not the flu. And yeah. I just wish people would I don't know what it's going to take for people to take it seriously, to be honest. Well, when you have people saying we should have some people die rather than risk a recession, <laughs> like I don't right. think I don't think they're going to walk back those right. extreme takes. So. No. Uh, nope. Dan Patrick, the lieutenant governor of Texas, who is essentially saying that we should uh, sacrifice everybody's grandparents on the altar of yeah. capitalism. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, because uh, fuck your grandparents and um, the economy is more important than than your family. Yep. Um, and just, you know, and by the, the economy, I mean uh, people who are already rich and these corporations that are already getting um, money and subsidies with no strings attached. And Jeff Bezos wants the public to kick in money to the Amazon right. relief fund. It's like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. W- literally world's richest man. Right. You want us yeah. to help your employees. You can go ahead and fuck all the way off. You could sell I- like a shoe and handle that. Yeah. Pretty easily. He can take, um, you can take the, the money from one day of sales and that would probably be all he needs. But I just like, these people are literal monsters. This is, I just don't know how much further we can, like this, it's like how long before the Hunger Games? Like yeah. when has this literally become the Hunger Games where it's like, oh, we don't have jobs and we don't have any food anymore. But, you know, the oligarchs are like saying, yeah, just like fucking die for, you know. Right, right, right. I'm just, I'm just, I'm so... I'm just so angry right now. Yeah. Like the, the anger is, has like surpassed my level of anxiety that it's gotten to a yeah. point where I'm just, I'm, I don't know. And I'm, I'm also just wondering at, at what point are people like going to reach like, like peak, like comp- COVID conversations that they don't want right. to even talk about it anymore. But it's just, it's hard. It's hard to not talk about it when, every day it's just like yeah it's just it's a new nightmare right all of us in the world are experiencing this right now and we're all anxious about it and so it makes sense that we're kind of just thinking about it all the time right Exactly. Um, 
You know who's not monsters uh, that we should shout out is anybody working in the medical field, but oh, also um, yeah. in Five Iron, yeah. there are a couple of healthcare workers. Yeah. So Sunny. Sunny, yeah, posted or um, His shared, wife. yeah, shared with Andy who posted on the face. Uh, no, on the Fiverr and Instagram. And then, yeah, his wife uh, had a Facebook post that the Fiverr and page shared, but that he, I don't know what he does exactly, um, but he evidently works in a hospital or, you know, some environment like that and yeah. has been sleeping in his car to avoid yeah. trying to infect his wife and kids and yeah. it's just just estimating so like maybe it'll be a year before he feels comfortable being yeah. again. And Reese yeah, also obviously is yep. a nurse and provides that work and is asking for masks already. So anyway, shout out to five iron folks and anybody who's doing that work. So yeah. Shout out to anybody who listens in, uh, in the medical field, your friends, your family. Thank you to everybody. You guys are actual heroes and I wish, I wish our government treated you, um, better and got you the stuff that you need. I, I don't know how you, how you show up and do this every day. It's, it takes a really special kind of person to, to do this kind of, this kind of, uh, work. Um, so thanks to everybody who's doing this, um, hard turn Uh to some other thanks. Sure. We need to, uh, shout out more Magpod specific. Mm -hmm. Thanks to mickey from st paul she listened and heard the call of (laughs) of our desire for reviews yes i said that if you left us a rating and a review a fun review on our podcasts that i would read it on the pod yes um uh, yeah and she she did leave us one she left us one we haven't been able to get to it over the past couple weeks but from it's uh by yabish mickey (laughs) the hot takes you never knew you needed five stars have you ever thought i desire a wealth of knowledge surrounding topics that will never come up in my day-to-day life and absolutely nobody will understand what i'm talking about if yes magnified pod is the podcast for you Settle in for an app because holy fuck, they're long. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Enjoy the soothing voices of hosts John and Andrew. You don't need to know what they look like uh, to have a good time. Although, if you follow them on their socials, you can get to enjoy their faces too. Sure. Just, let, just let their hot takes fill your ear holes and get ready for an enjoyable experience. They discuss a wide range of topics, so quite literally never know what's coming next 10 out of 10 highly recommend thank you mickey thank you mickey also shouts to mickey for buying some of that magpod swag she she picked up some uh a hoodie boom a t-shirt boom yeah and that magpod coffee mug yeah, man. That's like the complete set. Yeah, it is. So I believe the tote bag is presently sold out. The, so, the, uh, the, the tote bag is no longer available. Um, <laughs> we might need to, I want to, I was thinking the other day I was, I pulled up the site to thinking we need to throw our new logo on some stuff Yeah, we do. The, for the five iron fans out there who want to get that, that image on your mug. 
Yes. And <laughs> yes, or whatever. <laughs> sure. You can do that over at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. There's one E in store envy. We also need to shout out our boy Riker. <laughs> uh, Riker from Michigan, newest Patreon punk. Hey. Uh, yeah. I put mine down already. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I just, I should just keep this open at all times. Just, you really should. No, I mean, why, why would I ever not have that? Um, yeah. So yes, thank you, Riker. Thank you, Riker. We appreciate it. Appreciate the support. If folks want to check out those Patreon tiers, you can do that at patreon.com slash magnified pod. Join yep. for just a dollar a month to be a Patreon punk as Riker is now. And he will reap all those wonderful rewards. <laughs> Which, such as pride <laughs> such as being known and referred to as said patreon punk yep yep all right should we get into some voicemails we should get into some voicemails over so this is this is the end is here episode um we did ask folks a little while ago to start sharing their memories of the last tour the last show specifically which obviously the end is here is the live album of their last show. And we wanted to hear some of your experiences. So that's what we'll be doing a bit in this first segment. Yes. Um, so let's go uh, to Danny Leary uh, talking about his experience at the last show. Hey guys, Danny here, Dan Leary. Uh, so I was calling about the final, the originally final Five Iron Frenzy Tour from 2003. So as I mentioned in my Instagram reply, uh, they opened that tour in Boston. So I was at that, and my friend's local Christian ska band, Good for Life, got to open for Five Iron Frenzy, and that was basically something they'd been trying to make happen for years, and it was like the last chance, and it finally got to happen, and that was amazing. Um, Then me and the lead singer of that band and some other friends of mine, we all flew to Denver for the final show. Uh, we stayed at a hospital, not a hospice, what do you call it, a hostel. <laughs> Thank goodness we didn't stay at a hospice. We stayed at a hostel like two blocks, or three blocks, really close, walking distance from the venue. Like we booked it early enough in advance. We made some like cool friends there, people who I have no idea who they are or where they are anymore. We just met a lot of those awesome people at that hostel that weekend in Austin. And then um, on the CD, on the final, the end is here, concert CD, I don't remember what track it is, but it's not in the outtakes that are in the hidden track. It's somewhere in the CD. Uh, They ask, how far did everyone come from to be at that final show? And you can hear me on the final mix of the CD yelling the words New Zealand, (laughs) <laughs> which is not, obviously, I'm not from New Zealand. I've never been there. But we had made, like, me and my friends had made a really cool friend that weekend who was from New Zealand. He was sharing our hostel room. And so they're like, how far did you come from? And I'm like, New Zealand. I'm, like, representing for the guy who I don't even remember his name <laughs> anymore. But hear me on that. It is here, CD. Yeah. I'm also, like, one of my eyes is in the poster, the pull-out poster for the end is here because I brought like a dorky 
poster board sign that said Rock is Dead, Five Iron Lives, except I wrote Five Iron in the striper font. And nice. I held that up for a bunch of the show, and then I, like, it got smashed between me and a bunch and all the other people in the mosh pit. And I guess that's gone now. I did bring it home at some point. But anyway, I could see just one hand and a little bit of the poster board and, like, one of my eyeballs at the very top of the fold-out poster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of other memories from that week, but uh, Rely K was there. And obviously, you can call it my, my podcast oh, at Jesus 402 950 <laughs> and let me know about For your Reliant sake. K memories. <laughs> what did she say? I, I don't know. I could hear Jess in the background. I can't. Yeah. What, 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 let me see if. Let me see what she said. New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand. I remember there was something on the in the mix about like Reese talking about how they're talking about Australia, right? On yeah, the there's somebody yeah. from the the Abraham Lincoln guy. Right, right. Was, like, uh, did anybody come further than Australia? But yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. New Zealand would have been farther technically. Although I guess it depends. But um, so John, this is this is uh, something that uh, Magpod Nation listener uh, Mickey um, uh-huh. from St. Paul. Uh, she uh, was making fun of my um, Australian accent. Um, uh. Longtime Magpod listeners can uh, know about uh, John Potter has been to Australia and <laughs> has an excellent Australian accent. Mm. And mine is garbage and breaks my brain anytime I try and think about trying to do it. I just can't. I can't wrap my head around an Australian accent. It's a, it's a dive process. <laughs> that's, a, that's Australian Gollum. <laughs> He'll be uh, starting his own podcast. Shortly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, <laughs> I don't know. That's really just Gollum talking that about is, Australian words. That is. What the fuck is. Jeez, uh, that's enough. It's gonna be like it's gonna be the the Lord of the the Lord of the Awesome Blossom, or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think it. The uh, I mean, it's it's not really an onion ring, but it is an onion ring. What's mm. what's Australian? The Out, yeah. Outback Steakhouse. They have the they have the. Uh, anyway, it was a stretch. This Lord joke of the boomerangs. <laughs> This is this joke. This joke is uh, this sucks. Is, this, this straight up sucks. But anyway, um, yeah, my uh, my uh, Australian accent consists of me saying me. I have like wor- a word that I'll say. I'll say Vigimite. That's I mean, all I can. That's, that's not bad. That's all I'll say because I can't. Anytime I try and incorporate it into a sentence, it yeah. just. It, it becomes Irish or a vague, <laughs> vague European. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's how most people greeted us when we were in Australia. So They're like, they oh, like, I bet you might. <laughs> bet you might, right? I might. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> bet you might. <laughs> that's just now it's sort of becoming British. That's yeah. that bet is you might, in it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough of this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is it? I think... <laughs> I think what we need to we, what we need to do is we need to do our best to um, for the remainder of this episode, um, yeah. in honor of of Mickey, the one person who has binged our podcast the I mean, quickest that we know of. Yeah, that we know of. I mean, let's be real. If there's somebody else out there 
If there's somebody else out there who has binged the pod <laughs> in a quicker time than Mickey has, please let us know. Let us know because if you're if you're a mag a Magpod fan and you haven't called in with these statistics, then you're dropping the ball. But That's true. Yeah. We, um, yeah, I was just gonna get us back on on track for a second. <laughs> um, when, when have we when have we ever done that? Fair. Uh, yeah, so Danny says he was at that show in Boston and, and at the final show. So that's that's pretty impressive uh, showing for that tour. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. I mean, I I as you know, I have I did not go to this tour at all, right. and I blew it. Yeah. So I wish I wish I could have shown up for at least one of the shows, but I don't even know I don't even know what I was doing in two thousand four. Yeah, we talked about this. I was at the Chicago show, which was one of the last dates on the tour. Um, but you didn't have a Michael W. Smith show to get to that night, so I'm not sure what <laughs> the counter-programming was. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, other folks? Yes, we have Ryan Cole. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Ryan Cole. I've commented on the your Facebook page a couple of times, and Wanted to share a story about um, the last concert since y'all kind of posted about that and um, figured it'd be a little easier to share by just talking about it than typing up tons of paragraphs that you have to read later. So smart. Uh, I just want to give y'all a call. Um, so first I kind of want to share a little bit of my background too. I think like both of y'all grew up in a, a real Christian household and um, was not exposed to any kind of music other than CCM. Um, my dad had some older stuff, which is actually pretty good, like James Taylor and Billy Joel, Simon and Garfunkel, some of that stuff, but um, nothing contemporary except for CCM. So we grew up around that, and um, I have two older sisters, and uh, the, the middle child, her name's Candace, um, she was actually the first one to get into Five Iron Frenzy. Nice. And um, so once we got to be teenagers, she, I don't know how she got into them, but she got into their CDs, and um, I think the first I heard of them was we had a collection. I don't know if y'all ever heard the Seltzer collections, but it was on Seltzer oh, sure. too. Yeah. Um, which is, I, I thought, a pretty good disc. Had a lot of good variety on there, but it had Sucker Punch. So that was the first song of theirs I heard, and then I started, you know, borrowing the CDs from my sister, and we would listen to them in the car. And then our dad's also a pretty big fan, so um, the three of us were kind of the Five Iron fans in the family. Um, so that's kind of how I got into Five Iron and, and, um, you know, my sister Candace was really into them too. Um, after Quantity's Job One is kind of when I drifted away a little bit. Um, I think John has kind of talked about his, that, that era up to that point was his favorite and yeah. I'm kind of the same way. Um, for me, I don't know if it had to do with the quality of the music or anything, but it was more, that's when my parents finally gave up, I think, on, forcing us to listen to the Christian music. And so I started branching out into other things. And in fact, my sister Candace um, drove me to, I think it was the circuit city at the time. Right. Where I bought my first two secular albums, <laughs> right. which were Smashing Pumpkin, Simon's Dream Oof. and the uh, Nirvana unplugged album. Hey. Um, and those two groups pretty much dictated my taste uh, and dominated what I listened to throughout most of high school. But I still listened to five iron and I still was aware of the stuff that came out after, but, you know, I kind of branched out since I wasn't restricted to just Christian music anymore. I want I just want to talk a bit about uh, seltzer. So these seltzer comps, 
Um, I, I remember, I feel like Danny stairs has talked about the seltzer comps. Yeah, that sounds so the, the second one is the one that has the uh, sucker punch okay. on it. Uh, far more uh bangers on the first one the second one has a lot more of your straightforward ccm stuff you got your jennifer knapp you got your newsboys you got your jeff more in the distance skillet audio adrenaline but uh it does have some uh fold zandura um which i believe was a i think they were a tooth and nail band there's some plank eye some super tones but the first one um has teenage politics by mxpx boom heard of it <laughs> they're all right um got some poor old lou um super tones on this one as well um i mean there's still a lot of ccm on this first one too newsboys got that jars of clay um so i don't know i stand some jars of clay back in the day were you uh were you a pro pro jars of clay fan that first record I was indifferent, you know. I was uh, could could rock some flood chords on an acoustic guitar <laughs> like anybody of our generation. Wor- but, worlds uh, apart. Yeah. Did you, did you bust out your acoustic guitar to to melt some panties in the dorm rooms? <laughs> uh, they were not. Uh, they didn't. They didn't float anything on me, especially especially. So yeah, <laughs> fair enough. All right, more more Ryan. But um, yeah, so 2003, I was a senior in high school, 17 years old. Uh, my sister Candace was, she would have been a sophomore in college and she would have been about 19. Um, somehow we talked our parents into letting us fly to Denver uh, to go to the final show. Um, Good parents. And uh, so the two of us flew up there uh, and I remember it was, it was really cold. And of course it felt cold to us too, because we're used to Houston weather down here. But um, I think it was even particularly cold for Denver for that time of year. Um, and we had, you know, it was kind of a, difficult thing for us to even get around because we were young and couldn't rent a car or anything like that. So I remember we had to take like the, the airport van to the hotel and all this kind of thing. So, um, so anyway, um, we went to the show, we got there pretty early so we could get pretty close to the front. Um, we also managed to run into Brad outside, um, of the show and we actually got a picture with him, which I'll, um, oh, nice. I'll probably just post on the Facebook so y'all can see it. Do it. Um, I didn't yeah, have did. the James E. Ha <laughs> hair that yeah. one of y'all said. I think it was John said he had. Yes. Um, I think mine was a little more Kurt Cobain-esque kind of hair. But yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, that was kind of our thing back then. But yeah, we ran into Brad. We got into the show, and um, I remember it being really crowded and really hot in there. Um, like it must have been over capacity for sure. Um, but it got packed up pretty quick, and. Um, I remember once the show got started and they came out with Old West and just that guitar riff coming out and it just got yeah. hyped as fuck in there. Yeah, um, it was just so exciting. Um, you know, I still think that is probably the best album opener of any of the Five Iron songs. And, um, yeah. you know, there was a nice poetry to that too of the very first track of their very first album mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. the way that they started their final show. That's right. So um, I just remember it being a great show. They played a lot of the, you know, a lot of the earlier stuff, which was my favorite songs, there were some newer things they played that I wasn't as familiar with, but um, a lot of the early songs. And uh, the band sounded great. They were really tight. Um, the mix was really solid, too. I think uh, Masaki yeah, um, was their running sound. Yeah. Um, who yeah, you, you guys know was the guy that produced, I think, all of their albums. Yep. Um, so uh, 
the sound was great. The band was on point. Everything sounded really solid, especially compared to, I'd seen them a couple other times before when they would tour around. Like, I know I saw them on the tour with the W's, and there was one other time, and it was always just, like, in churches where the sound was not great. Right. Yeah. So um, it was really cool to hear them in this big venue with this fantastic sound and um, really allowed them to play to their full potential. All right. Let's uh, listen a little bit more, Ryan, then we'll get to some other calls. The show was great, and I just wanted to kind of get to what it meant for me, I guess, um, being there at that last show. Finding Five Iron in the first place, and I was a big MXPX fan also. I was into Boom. them before Five Iron, and kind of like you guys, um, I was probably 13 or 14, and Teenage Politics was my first one too. So, That's right. Um, I think we have a lot of similarities there. <laughs> Ryan Cole, our dude. He's our this, dude. This guy gets it. MXPX. Into the five iron, teenage politics, <laughs> into it, into it. But yep. finding five iron is really meaningful to me because throughout my life, Christian music was just this bad adult contemporary stuff that was just about always praising God and all this kind of stuff about, it, it just didn't seem relatable or to address any real world problems, even from a Christian perspective at all. It, it just seemed like a very narrow uh, way of looking at things. And so encountering fire into me, um, showed me that there were, there was a way to be Christian, but also not to have to fit into this CCM box. Boom. And that was made it a very sad event in, in some ways through that last concert, um, because it felt like the end of an era, but it was very beautiful in some ways too, I suppose. Um, and I remember very strongly after they played every new day and all that, and it was the end of the show. I think, I think Reese sang a worship song. I want to say it was I Love You, Lord. I haven't listened to The End Is Here in a long time because it's not on Spotify, uh, which is usually how I listen to stuff nowadays. But I think he sang that, and then he, he started talking. And I may get these out of order, but I remember first he was talking about a Native American leader whose name I don't remember, um, saying how it was a good day to die. Um, and he felt that way, and... and there was comfort in that because it seemed like he was at peace with it. And I think probably for the band, it was the right thing to do at the time. Um, I don't know all of the internal details and what was going on there, but it was good to see that he felt at, at peace about it um, with that statement. Uh, at, but then he also started talking about this anecdote um, from the Old Testament with Elijah and Elisha. It was about how Elijah was basically passing his torch um, as a prophet and um, passing it to Elisha and um, just kind of giving his, his blessing um, to the next generation, to the people that were going to carry on the mission, carry on what he was doing, and um, asking that he would have, you know, twice the grace and, and, and twice the mercy and, and just, trying to, um, just trying to encourage him and, and hoping that he was able to do even more with it than what Elijah himself was. It made it more bearable. I mean, this wasn't like a life-destroying event or anything. <laughs> to get like maudlin about it, but um, the fact that this great band that was so influential to me and to so many people was gone was difficult. That they could approach it that way and and um, connect with us that way too to say that well, the band won't be here, but what the band did and what the band stood for and what the band tried to do, that's not going to end. It's going to continue through all those people that were there um, and through all those people that were fans of Five Iron. I don't know. I just thought that was really beautiful. And, um, you know, I, I don't think they could ever imagine when these goofy kids in Denver started 
doing this stuff in the beginning. In fact, I know, because I've heard some of their early demos of stuff, and it's, it's terrible. Um, I don't think they ever imagined it going this this place. And um, it was amazing to see the growth of the band over this time and um, to feel that responsibility that now it was the, the, the job for, uh, for the rest of us to go on and continue that, um, you know, the social activism and, and um, holding people accountable and, and looking at, at yourself and holding yourself accountable, um, you know, trying to avoid hypocrisy, trying to call out um, double standards, you know, in the music industry and other places, all these things that they did in their lyrics. Um, that was our charge now. I think that's about it. Um, <laughs> it was a pretty magical night. I think it was even snowing that night, which was, again, for us from Houston, where it very rarely snows, and even then it's like a dusting. Um, it was really cool and really amazing. So um, just want to share that with y'all. Thanks for everything y'all do. I'm really enjoying the pod um, and uh, look forward to what y'all have in store uh, for the future. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Ryan. Um, Thanks so much, man. Yeah, there's, there's, there's so much there. There's so much to unpack. I think, I mean, one of the things that he hit on a lot is, I mean, he talked about the, the lyrics essentially um, being one of the biggest things that, impacted him and for a lot of people um our age growing up and feeling like there isn't music speaking to us there isn't there isn't a band that's like talking about an experience that's like that feels like oh yeah i get it which is why teenage politics hit us at the exact right time and we're like holy shit you can be a christian and talk about you know uh, you know, questioning the government and questioning the church. And then five iron comes out and is like, yeah, what's up guys. We're going to talk about, you know, the native American genocide and we're going to you know push back on what it means to be a sellout and what it means to be cool. And like, and that, you know, we can question, you know, the, you know, the big CCM. It's like, man, yeah, that, that sort of, they were, they were, and we've mentioned this a lot. It just, they were, they were very prophetic and ahead of and ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. Prophetic? No, they're not pathetic. Um, <laughs> lyrics nailed it. Um, yeah, Ryan uh, seems very simpatico with our experience. Yeah, he did post a picture of he and his sister with Brad outside the show. He is rocking some sweet long hair and his eyes are closed. And uh, I, you know, Siamese Dream and Nirvana Unplugged were also extremely important to me, but I had like the opposite trajectory where those were like in sixth grade, the music that really got me into like alternative music. And then I moved into like five art and later. Um, but yeah, uh, tough to say if uh, old West or handbook is the better uh, opener. It was a pretty uh, neck and neck for me, but yeah, I, uh, I agree that the, uh, and we'll get there, but the show it did end in kind of a, a, a meaningful and, and profound way. So thanks for sharing that experience, Ryan. Yeah, we really, we really appreciate it. It's a lot of great insight. And um, I don't know, maybe one of these days, if we're able to do another MagPod meetup, hopefully we'll be able to hang out with another fellow teenage politics yes. uh, fan out there. You know, we get Damn. a little, we get a little bit of shit on this pod for our, um, our love of teenage politics, but yeah. it's, it's nice to nice to feel a little bit of love coming in, coming our way. So those are, uh, those are the voicemails that we have regarding the show. Um, John, do you want to read 
read any yeah. of the, the posts that we got on social? Yeah, we got a couple comments mainly about the tour, not so much the final show. Um, okay, cool. Our buddy Jason Maxwell said he wasn't at the final show, but he did hit the last tour. Felt like the end of an era. Five Iron was my band through high school and the first part of college. I'd grown up with them, and then they were calling it quits. Picked up the end of year when it came out, listened to it on the drive home from the store, um, and sat in the driveway as it ended and cried. So yeah, that's a strong memory. Um, yeah. On Instagram, Irish Driver 32, uh, David Trivet said... I was at the Salem show. I remember Bleach shocking me by how good they were. I also remember a video of mullets playing during Phantom Mullet. <laughs> Too many specific other memories, but I remember it being one of the best times I ever saw them live. Um, Stash Cox says he saw them in Des Moines, second to last show. I remember singing so hard to World Without an End and Every New Day. I wanted to thank them for everything, but the line was so long and I had to drive back to school. Um, I think that's most of the stuff we heard. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bill Shannon sent us a message um, on our Facebook. He said, I do have a story about their final, uh, their final two shows. First, I need to preface with the fact that they're good friends of mine. I befriended them when I interned for a promotion company. Later, I moved to Denver for college, looked them up and ended up being on the leadership team for Scum of the Earth. By the time their final shows came around, I'd moved back home to Oregon. I wasn't going to go to the shows in Boulder or Denver. Then one of my youth group kids called me and asked if I was going. And I said, no. Um, She said her mom would let her go with me and some other guys, but only if I came with, I told them I would go. I didn't have tickets. I just thought maybe I could find some. I knew the band was out of comps. So I was just going to try my luck. We drove to Colorado, got to Boulder. I tried calling the band members, but no one was answering. So I got to the venue. I can't remember who saw me first, but they instantly got me into the show and found me a past. A pass. The biggest surprise that happened for the show was they didn't have anyone to introduce them when they took the stage. They were all up there looking at each other with questions on their faces of who. Then Sonny saw me and said, Bill, and they all agreed. And so unplanned, unprepared, I introduced Five Iron for their second to last show until they got back together, those bastards. (laughs) For the final show, I showed up early and I think Brad got me in this time. They were all out of passes and security was tight. So I basically hung out in the green room. Didn't see any of the opening acts because they didn't want to get caught. Then for five iron, I was on the side stage standing next to Frank Tate and Scott. It was surreal. In between songs, Reese was thanking people and he thanked Frank and Scott. And he could have skipped over me because a vast majority of those there had no clue who I was, but he didn't. He thanked me. Um, for being awesome. And then the live came out and they included those thank yous. Very cool. So yeah, that's really cool. Before we move on to anything else, we do have um, our boy, Nikki P calling in with some thoughts on our last step on Roper. What a boy is it? Your boy, Nikki P. <laughs> um, just a couple of comments about the last couple of recent episodes. Um, really stoked that you guys got Kravak back. Hashtag <laughs> Kravak back. Uh, get Steve Kravak back. I want another interview. Uh, I really like when you guys do interviews. We hear you guys with interviews. Game is super strong. So, oh, more funny. of those, please, in the future. I loved it. Really great. Good stuff. Number two, the Roper album, I was digging super hard. And... You know, the, after I, I haven't really done a deep dive into Five Iron until y'all had done this second season. And, you know, the first two albums, super, super into. Everything after that, 
not really feeling it, you know, not really feeling it. And then Roper comes and hits me in the face, and I was digging it. If uh, if Five Iron ever came and did some Roper stuff, mm-hmm. that's the direction they should go in. But, mm-hmm. you know, just just my two cents. But uh, anyways, I am looking forward to the next ep. I will catch you all later. Magnify Pod for Life. Many smooches. Peace. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, buddy. One of the things that is a little bit of contra- controversy. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we stand Roper. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure who was on the Five Iron uh, Twitter account recently, <laughs> but yeah. when you posted the top three, right? Somebody from Five Iron replied and said that was a terrible album. Better than most of ours, though. And I said, that is a false statement. And they replied, you're right. What's worse than terrible? Horrific? That. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. And then yeah. somebody said, who gave Reese the password to this account? Right. It does feel more Reese than their usual uh, tweets. <laughs> but Yeah. But which seems sort of confusing because I thought we talked about how Reese thought yeah. this was some of his strongest writing. So it's either Reese. I mean, who, I don't think whoever it is is being, being truly genuine i could be wrong but uh yeah yeah no i i agree with nick i think uh if you maybe fell off after those first couple of five irons and are going through the rest of us uh roper seems like a good a good place to dive back in if you were more into the early days so yeah it it scratches that itch for sure yeah it's not ska but it's not it's definitely not rock with horns so yeah yeah John, there, uh, there's something that came to my attention recently, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and you already know where I'm going with this. Yeah. So, I I require you to explain yourself. Uh-huh. Um. So, um, a mutual friend of ours mm. uh, mentioned to me. That she's like, oh, so you do this podcast with John. He was on a podcast <laughs> talking about like a ghost, a ghost story podcast about a guy in a top hat. And mm-hmm. I was like, um, come again. So <laughs> you you were on a podcast maybe yeah. a year or two ago. It was before we even started. Oh, before this we started. So definitely this like two years ago at two least. Two years ago. Yeah. Okay, um, and. There are so many details to this story that um, I, I feel like Magpod Nation needs to know this because the story takes place. Um, I mean, you're safely now in the, the Chicago suburbs, and I'm literally blocks from where this nightmare occurred. So, um, true. Yeah. so tell us what the podcast was. Um, why, why are there other stories that you're withholding from me? I mean, there's the, there's the pimp murder story that almost took place. (laughs) There's, there's this, I like to parse it out slowly to, you know, keep you interested. All right. This is this, we're going into an, uh, an episode. This is a full on episode of John Potter's (laughs) pod fodder. That's right. Yeah. Buckle up everybody. (laughs) 
yeah, I, uh, you know, these are spooky times, so I might as well share a spooky tale. Um, yeah, there's this podcast called Night Call, which is not exclusively ghost stories, but it is kind of about weird stuff, often kind of like supernatural or bizarre stuff. And it's by these three culture writers I like a lot and have followed for a long time. Um, Emily Yoshida, Molly Lambert, and Tess Lynch. And um, early on, they did an episode uh, where they were kind of asking for people's ghost stories and suggesting to call in with theirs. And I called in and said that I didn't have a ghost story per se, but I had a shadow person story. (laughs) And I was not terrible. (laughs) It's a terrible combination of words. (laughs) Um, Not to be confused with our shadow producer, Jason (laughs) Simon. Not a shadow person, as far as we know. Um, I, I have never seen him wear a top hat, so I don't. I don't know. Sure. I don't. Yeah. I mean, we'll get there. But the top hats are not. Um, <laughs> shadow people are not limited to top hats, but I did see okay. a specific okay. uh, top hat kind. So anyway, uh, shadow person was not a term I was familiar with until well after this incident occurred, and I later looked it up online. But so I'm setting the scene. I really should have shared this during the five for two thousand two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you should have. I think we did a 2002, didn't we? We probably did. I think um, we did. So, yeah, I was um, I was out uh, late at night with my then girlfriend um, in college. This was pre Jenny, and uh, you know we were yeah, that's right. We were young, and when you're off in the summertime from college, you go for walks at like one in the morning. Why not? You're what else are you doing? So we were out late walking boning. around. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said boning. Well, That's... we're talking about shadow people. <laughs> <laughs> he said, what else could you be doing other than yeah, going for walks? As soon as I said that, I was like, that was something <laughs> to say. That um, was a softball. I'm sorry. If you want to hear this story told better, you should really listen to the Nightcall podcast, at least much more succinctly. Don't you know, don't tell people to stop listening to our podcast. No, no, no. By all means, listen to this, but then hear a more then, succinct version. Yeah, on. go download that. Give them those downloads. <laughs> no, you have to write a review stop of listening, our podcast. Stop before. listening to our podcast. Delete yeah. it. Never listen again and go listen to a better one. If you want to listen to Nightcall, you must review our show first if you haven't yet. That's my only stipulation. Okay, so <laughs> late at night, walking around, boom. We are walking. So her family lived near um, Lake uh, Bede Makaska, mm-hmm. and that is where you live now. And <laughs> it is. <laughs> I don't exactly remember where this happened, but it was on a hill not far from the lake, and we were just kind of walking around her block. Um, so we were kind of down at the bottom of the block and what we saw when we looked up toward the top was a black silhouetted figure um, with obviously wearing a top hat and uh-uh. a cape and had a cane and kind of like Victorian garb. And So this my... person was clear as day. This is the part of the story that freaks me out the most, that it wasn't like some... Like something you're like, oh, this could have been a bush. It's like, no, this is very clearly defined, um, you know, accoutrement, if you will. Yes, yes, you know, for sure. you, you, you saw, you saw his whole, the whole deal. The Yes. He, I mean, yeah, unmistakably that's, that's what he was wearing and he was walking confidently and jauntily. And so no. 
<laughs> my first thought I hate was it. like, I hate it so much. <laughs> my first thought was like, I mean, a little weird, but you know, we're like near uptown. It's like a funky neighborhood. There's some artists hanging around. Maybe he's like an actor coming home from a show or like a costume party or something. Who knows? But, and we couldn't see any features. It was just like solid, but he was also far away and it was at night and he was kind of walking in and out of these um, street lamps. But even when he would pass through, he was still kind of in the shadows. So I thought it was odd, but I didn't really want to call attention to it. We kept walking and I didn't want to like point out that I was concerned because I didn't want to freak her out. But at some point he did, this is where it gets weird. He did start moving in an unnatural way. <laughs> and I kind of describe it like shudderingly where it's yeah. like kind of, Oh, moved. I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, It's used in a lot of horror movies. So I feel like I'm like cribbing it from something, but this happened and I saw it with my eyes. And so it was kind of like he would move a few feet at a time, kind of like every second. And almost like a, like a strobe light effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so I was already kind of freaked out by this, you know, Victorian <laughs> silhouetted person walking towards us late at night. Um, and when he started moving like that, I know that's yeah. when uh, my girlfriend was like, I'm getting scared. And I was <laughs> like, uh, it's probably okay. But as he started moving like that, she was like, we need to run. So we started running and as we started running, he started moving towards us faster and at like greater increments um, to the point where we like rounded the corner. And as we were rounding the corner, he got like pretty close to us um, and we ran into her house and closed the door. Like once we turned the corner, we didn't look back. I don't know how close he got, but once we got inside, she was very shaken up and she was the daughter of an Episcopal priest. And she was like, we need to pray. And I was like, all right, I don't know if we need to, I mean, that may, it seems like a little much, but you know, whatever, if I want to give her some comfort, I will. And we prayed and he went away. I mean, we never saw him again. I don't know where he was at that point, <laughs> but if he got up to the house, I mean, he never saw anything else. Uh, I see so this is this, <clears throat> the first time I listened to this, you know, I, I, and so <laughs> me and my brother and our friend, Eric, we, we had a conversation about like trying to rationalize <laughs> any no of this. No. And I'm like, I'm like, of course, like I believe John and believe yeah. you saw what you saw. And it's just like the, the shuddering uh, sort of jerky motions and like the lack of features and like, yeah, it's terrifying. That's terrifying. It's terrifying. I, um, yeah, I mean, she like did not, I think if I would have just experienced that on my own, I maybe could have been like, that was a weird thing that I experienced. I don't know what it was, but you know, maybe I just got confused or something. (laughs) But the fact that we both were like, she was like, you saw him moving like that, right? You saw that he was wearing like top hat and cane, right? Like we saw the same thing, you know? And so, and this was not, I can't stress enough that this was not a person running at us quickly (laughs) because that would take a long time for someone to get down from the top of a hill to where you were. Um, And he got very close. So anyway, this was like 18 years ago now. So the details are a little fuzzy, but I definitely remember what this thing looked like and what it felt like. And then like years later, I ended up just kind of like Googling this and found this whole world I was unfamiliar with about shadow people, which are 
things that people experience all over the world have like forever and they often fit this exact kind of description. Um, usually people experience them indoors, like in their bedroom and they're often associated with like sleep paralysis. So people can kind of justify like maybe it's a mental thing if you're alone and you see a shadow on your wall or whatever, right. but we were outside, which they don't normally appear to people outside and they're usually people who report seeing them or by themselves. So it's kind of unusual circumstances. Um, what they appear to like portend, at least like the theories around this is sort of bad things that are going to happen to people. Right. You know, there are theories about, I don't know what I believe about any of this, but I don't not believe any of it also, you know? Right. Right. I just think there's tons that we don't understand and who knows what that thing was, but there are like different beliefs about <clears throat> ghosts or maybe, you know, kind of neither, good nor bad they may just be like yeah. working through something whatever but the working theory on shadow people seems to be that they're bad news <laughs> that they're like demons uh, who portend oh, right. bad things <laughs> so like um i thought this was like a happy experience like he thought hey, this, just, uh, <laughs> he, he was running he's like hey i got a gift for you <laughs> i'm Wait coming up, from guys. victorian england and i'm running towards you to tell you a lot of great stuff um hey i just i just tried time travel from victoria england can you tell me what's going on in the year 20 2002 or whatever yeah yeah i mean so i don't know it, it seems to be i like, don't know why i like no one on the podcast knows this but i was swinging my yes. arms like i was running exactly. no reason to do that <laughs> yeah he wasn't doing it like that um but so no, here's, that, here's a i have a very specific question i know this was yes. uh you know in 2002 but do you remember seeing like limb movement or like how did what did the run look like or the oh, movement look like i remember as he was walking that it was kind of like an art like he had the cane you know and he was walking right. like jauntily so it was definitely like he was putting his arm out with the cane in sort of like a confident saucy manner and when he started moving fast he was still kind of doing that, but it was clearly like his lunging at us sort of. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> and so when I'm looking stuff up about it, it's like, they're kind of like tricksters, like messing with people. And so it's like, perhaps these demons or whatever creatures from another dimension kind of popping in to like break that wall and be like, let's mess with these kids at one in the morning. Why not? And they often like people who report this are often like, and then someone I loved died Right. long after that or something like that. Right. And that didn't really happen for either of us. Although I don't know how, if you look in the grand scheme of things, like both of our sets of parents got divorced within like the next year. So maybe that's something, um, right. Her brother did die. Who's only a few other few years older than us, but that was only a couple of years ago. So hard to say what we saw. If and now have we have COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> this is, this is the, you know, just a very, very future. He was a very future thinking uh, right. yeah. shadow figure. <laughs> He's like, yeah, 20 years from now, everybody <laughs> in the world is going to be. It's like, I don't know thing. why I'm coming after you, but yeah. uh, you know how they talk in Victorian England. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. You go, just, what do you think of my hat and cane of wood? <laughs> I really wish you would have talked like that. Um, <laughs> it would have been less less scary. Yeah, but hey, yeah. Guys. When, <laughs> when, <laughs> wait up, guys! Hey, wait up, guys! A little late for a walk, wouldn't you say? <laughs> when I looked it up, though, it was like, yeah. When people report them, they see no features. It's just solid black silhouette, and which I didn't even really like think about until 
that was expressed and was like, Oh yeah, like we never saw anything. And so I kept, so it's shadow people. Okay. That seems to be what I saw. But then I started Googling like top hat shadow person or something like this. And there's this thing that exists called the hat man. Right. I'm confident that the hat man is who I saw because sometimes it's like a fedora, but often it's a top hat. He always has like a cape. It's always kind of like that vibe, like a long coat hat type situation. Yeah. The hat man, the hat man sort of strikes me as like, you know, night. It's like, he, he, he's like, like a film noir kind of character. Yeah. yeah. That, that's kind of what I think of when I see the hat man, I'm like, this looks like a guy who's like, he's on the case. He's like, yeah, exactly. He's like, see mine. And she walked, she walked in my office with legs that wouldn't quit. And oh, she, you know, I th- wish that, that was the vibe. That was not how yeah. I felt. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting behind a desk, smoking a very long cigarette. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, if you Google the hat man, most of them have these like fedoras, like you're saying, right, kind right, of that right. noir detective thing. Yeah. But if you kind of scroll down among these Google images, you can see some top hats. Uh, oh yeah, terrifying hat man is one <laughs> image that I'm seeing here that looked very much like what I saw. So anyway, it is a thing. I don't know why I would have made that up. You know what I mean? Like I saw right. this thing and then years later Googled it and I was like, oh, yep, that's what I saw. Um, are you sure? So, it, are you sure it wasn't? Odd job from uh, James Bond. <laughs> he didn't throw his hat at me, <laughs> okay. um, but maybe he was getting ready to. I don't know. I don't. Um, I guess maybe I don't. I don't know if, if Odd Job is a, a jaunty a jaunty figure. But no, he's kind of more hulking. I guess he's more he's more um, stoic, more yeah. uh, reserved than he is right. jaunty. Um, but if anybody has any <laughs> shadow person or hat man experiences, please share them. Um, we're I'm trying we're, to tie this into five irons now and coming up <laughs> short, but um, yeah, I I um, I don't think we have. I don't think there's anything. <laughs> I mean, no I reason guess, why we couldn't be a, a politics, culture, religion, and ghost stories podcast, <laughs> right? I guess I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a. Uh, the phantom hat man. I don't know. Maybe he had a, maybe he had a mullet under his top hat. Who knows? Yeah. Um, walking on hills in the dark, <laughs> moving shudderingly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to workshop that one. Nice. Yeah. So that is, that is uh, yeah. a great story. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, That's, uh, John Potter's shadow person fodder. <laughs> yeah. John Potter's pod fodder uh, has, has been, Pretty solid this season. I'm pretty happy <laughs> oh. with the, the recent episodes. I'm glad. Um, so why don't we move into a segment that we haven't done in several weeks? Yeah. This is the five. <laughs> Drop it. All right, this uh, this five we're talking 2004. This was a bummer <laughs> of a year, and yeah. uh, but there were a lot of. I mean, politically, it was a bummer of a year. Yes, and I think I, I don't want to. Um, I think we'll probably both have something similar, at least in yeah. one of, but. Um, let's start. Let's start something. Let's start with positives. Let's start music. Let's do it, John. Why don't you hit me with some of your top albums? All right. Well, I have talked extensively on the pod about Page of the Lion and how mm. 
Dave Bazan is kind of my number one mm-hmm. musical dude. Uh, so Pedro the Lion released Achilles Heel that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a divisive album among Pedro fans, but I like it quite a bit. Uh, Kanye West, when he was not uh, an insane, horrible person, <laughs> uh, released College Dropout, which is a good yep. album. Um, Arcade Fires, first record, Funeral. I have that on my list as well. Yeah, good one. Um, Modest Mouse, uh, good news for people who love bad news. I uh-huh. um, I liked them from really, really early on, but really thought that album was kind yeah. of a cool yeah, new direction. The... Okay, uh, and uh, Sufjan's uh, Seven Swans record as well. So those are all like college staples for me. Right. Those are all very good records. Um, Agreed. So... Uh, I also had Funeral by Arcade Fire, mm-hmm. um, American Idiot by Green Day. Yeah, that was a huge record, and yeah. they have not been able to recapture the no. the. I mean that that sort of like relaunched them into like mainstream popularity. Yeah, and they've sort of coasted on. Yeah. Um, I mean, every every album after American Idiot, like I think they just tried to redo the whole concept uh, musicals right, right, right. thing, like again, and and nothing like Uno Dos Trey was just not was also very hit or miss, and like yeah. nothing they've done since has. And then this uh, uh, like abysmal the record, yeah, I that, heard it, yeah. Um. Do you like the black keys, but worse? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. They, they like, they're like, Hey, remember when like revival rock was a thing that nobody was asking for more of? Well, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, Interesting. Yeah. Like the sort of like the garage rock kind of like black keys sort of style of, and I'm just huh. like, but with a green day take and it's just, it's, hmm. it sucks. I will uh, listen to American Idiot. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll blow through the, these others. Uh, Talkie Walkie by Air. Oh, yeah. Iron and Wine are in Endless Number Days. Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes First by Bad Religion. Yep. Mm-hmm, by Reliant K. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, we'll connect to one of my other fives a little later, the Rock Against Bush albums. Oh, yeah. Uh, volumes one and two came out, and I listened to the shit out of those yeah. They had so many, they had uh, bands such as None More Black, Anti-Flag, Alkaline Trio, Strike Anywhere, The Descendants, Bad Religion, Operation Ivy, Rancid, um, and a whole host of others. Um, um, Against Me was on there as well. Uh, so many great bands. That, and yeah. I discovered some bands that, was like, that I hadn't really listened to. Um, and I think that's what the whole point of a comp is. Yeah. Uh, for that purpose, but also rallying around a cause. And they did like a tour and stuff on this as well. So uh, yep. anyway, uh, good music. Yeah. I, those are all great picks. Um, yeah. Moving on to movies for me. I only have a few. Same. Um, this wasn't like a huge uh, cinematic movie or a uh, year for me, but uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Uh-huh. I'm a huge fan of that movie. Um, the Incredibles, mm-hmm. which is like, Maybe my favorite superhero movie, if not for possibly Spider-Man 2, which is also on my list, also came out that year. Two very good superhero movies. Um, and then Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. 
yep. hot take, probably the best of the movies. Uh, I, I think that's, I don't know if that's really a, a I hot guess take. it's not that hot take. I guess most people kind of agree on that, but yeah, Alfonso Cuaron, um, mm-hmm. I believe did that one. He did. And it had some of, I mean, Harry getting, I remember seeing, uh, Dan Radcliffe talk about being able to play opposite Gary Oldman kind of yeah. stepped up his acting chops quite a yeah. bit once, once Gary Oldman kind of came into the, into the, into the movies. But um, yeah, but also that it's just a darker film. I really yeah. love the way it was shot. Just a great, yeah. great movie. Agreed. Um, that one's also on my list. And I think it was the first Harry Potter movie that I saw okay. in theaters. Um, also, uh, Kill Bill yep. Yep. came out as did Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So those was were great. Brief, briefly huge like everywhere yeah and i feel like yeah. the napoleon dynamite moment has has kind of ended but um it was it was such a unique kind of indie movie and yeah. john heater was he was the it guy for like a minute it really tried to make him happen after that and never quite yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but he i mean he did he did some like other bummer comedy movies and yeah. i think he did like blades of glory with will ferrell oh that's true yeah yeah um, that's true. but yep good picks good picks um we can take a turn into into bummer town here i mean <laughs> choo-choo it, choo-choo all aboard express train to john Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, we've definitely talked about this on the pod plenty before um but it was a tough year as we're heading into this election, the way that it looks like it's shaping up, yeah. I would say the last time I felt sort of um, this uh, disengaged from the process was 2004. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just, I remember, um, I've, I've mentioned this multiple times to you, but you leaving me a voicemail uh, the day after the election, just being like, uh, you will be 26 when George Bush uh, ends his <laughs> second term. Um, and letting that sink in. And yeah, I don't know. Just I, I have nothing particularly unique uh, yeah. or fun to add to this, but just a general feeling of a bummer around that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember talking to some friends and people who were just like not convinced that at this, at this time that like Bush was not good and everything that had happened in his first term, they were like, they were just not, con- and it was like, what? is your problem. <laughs> and I was like, I was way more aggressive in, with my politics yeah. in, in college as most, <laughs> I recall. You know, as most early twenties people are, they're just yeah. like, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I mean, this was the uh, family values election. Right. Right. And, um, and it just also John, John Kerry being, the more establishment candidate and, and Howard, Howard Dean actually being, you know, more of a, a threat in some ways to, right. To <laughs> that, that just to put in perspective, his, that the Dean scream yeah. ended his campaign and so that, that, <laughs> that alone that yeah. alone ended his campaign they heard a scream and they're like oh this guy's done obviously <laughs> can right. you imagine yeah <laughs> yeah compared to that yeah now we have 
people in office being like, "Hey, fucking kill your grandparents." No one cares. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you remember? Walk. Do you remember? Do you remember when, like, when and when Obama was trying to pass health care, and they were talking about death panels? Right, like, yeah. this is literally these are, the yeah, these are exactly. literally people being like, "Yeah, let's just fucking let your grandparents die." Like those. <laughs> okay, I don't want to get too. But no, no, anyway, no. so it is wild to think though that we were like, I mean, this guy screamed. He's he's done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's not that's not presidential, <laughs> right? No, uh, yeah. So John I remember wet windsurfing. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the whole swift boat thing and right, like right, right. Eh, everything was just really really stupid, but. Uh, I I remember the uh, the the morning that Carrie that I think it was the next day that Carrie conceded um, that Dana and I were in chapel, and mm. I remember we were just sitting together in chapel, and she was just quietly crying, and yeah. just like it just felt like it just it just felt like nothing nothing mattered. But it wasn't it wasn't too long after this that I feel like. Um, like more and more stuff was coming out about them lying about right reasons to go to war and yeah. so and so yeah so that was that was a bummer a big bummer, a bummer from bummer. from my uh sophomore year uh, agreed yeah I remember working desk um at our dorm the night of the election for some reason and i worked till like midnight or some awful hour and it still was not called like the election right. for that night and i was like oh this could go a different way than i thought i was gonna go right anywho anywho let's uh let's switch it to something probably hopefully more positive on your end because i got two more positive things sure i mean i have kind of a uh <laughs> let's call these next two uh, a mix of things um but I wanted to point out that that was the year that I went on Sankofa, mm. which is a racial reconciliation, uh, racial justice bus trip through the South that our college offered. And that kind of has become a wider thing um, where usually it's like a white student paired with a black student. Um, and you go to these various stops along this tour and kind of process through race and our experiences. And it, it was a really significant um, time for me and kind of like shifted my thinking, not in terms of like, I realized I had been a complete racist before, but like just understanding the level to which I had experienced privilege and, and power that others didn't um, and making some solid relationships. Right. Um, but it's also become really important kind of among my family, and my close friends, because Jenny was on the same um, trip and as was our friend, uh, Austin Channing Brown, who I've mentioned on the pod before, um, right. who is now like a fairly well-known author. Um, check out her book. I'm still here um, where she talks about this experience and kind of how it shaped her identity. My wife also um, is working on a book right now, strongly related to that. And she's been very involved in, racial justice conversation since then. So it was a very significant uh, time for us. So I wanted to shout that experience out. North Park, um, where we went to school, yes, um, historically has done some pretty um, cool programs like that. Yeah, yeah, Dana went to South Africa, which was probably one of the more formative experiences of her life. Um, I unfortunately, I, I I never went on, on yeah. Sankofa, it probably would have been a big deal for me. Yeah. 
I, I feel sort of ambiguous about this one, but I feel like historically it was a significant thing. Um, mm. uh, Facebook launched yeah, on, on my birthday in 2004. Oh, hey, happy birthday. <laughs> and, um, you know, back at, you know, was the Facebook first and, and I don't, and I don't know, like, I'm curious how many young people yeah. even know what like a Facebook was because right, yeah. the whole point of it was that it was kind of meant for college students. Right. And our, our face quote unquote Facebook was called the scope book. Scope book. Yeah. We're scoping out them, them chicks and dudes. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's basically just a, uh, a phone book for students. Yeah. And that's so, but I'm, I'm curious how many people don't even know that if that's, that's, right. I mean, maybe it's more well-known now, but I feel like uh, for maybe younger people who use Facebook, they don't, because that's, it's like a non-existent thing. You right. don't, Why would the, you need the, a physical thing with yeah. like black and white pictures of people's faces in their, yeah, with their dorm room <laughs> landline extension numbers? <laughs> yeah, so weird. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, yeah, I remember distinctly in 2005 where there was like, North Park finally got on Facebook. Yeah, that's yeah. when I got it. Yep, and so now I've been on this, this app has been harvesting my data for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. It is so, wild to see like your memory things pop up sometimes. It's like, here's a memory from 14 years ago. And I'm like, damn, Facebook, you've really <laughs> been with me for a long time. Yeah, we've, been, we've, been, we've seen some shit together, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, me, you, you and Zuck and me just like, just been, been tight for years. And they dropped the duck because it was cleaner. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. My number five final, <laughs> this is a weird one, but I just remember distinctly that summer feeling very specific because it was the first summer that I, um, worked at the Christian bookstore all summer long. So I just stayed on campus and took summer school and worked in the bookstore, um, <laughs> getting paid next to nothing. And then I would also sell my plasma, uh, nice, nice. Twice a week. Have we were talking about this? No, that's um, amazing. It's a real uh, point of uh, <laughs> embarrassment for me at this point in my life. Um, but I know a lot of uh, upstanding people who who did this. Was this the um, place that was that was like across the street from the the Brown Line? From the sure Kimmel was. <laughs> yeah, it was on the, uh, the, Lawrence uh, no, Avenue. It was across the from uh from the uh, Kedzie. The, no, and the, the Amvets. The Amvets, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so the, store. a true day at the blood bank would involve, so if you went twice in a week, you'd get more money than if you, like you kind of completed the full <laughs> payment. I don't even remember what it was, but it was not a lot of money. Um, but a true day at the blood bank would mean I got paid the full amount and then I'd walk over to Amvets, which was like, you know, right. I think it's called Village Discount now, yeah, but it's yeah, like yeah. a, um, what do you call it? you know, like thrift a, store. a thrift store, which you already said, and <laughs> buy myself maybe like a nice $5 shirt. And then I'd walk over to like Burger King and get myself a nice $5 meal. And it was like, man, I'm living high <laughs> off the hog right now. Um, but just what a bizarre time in my life. Uh, yeah. those blood bank places are bad news and tend to pop up either in low income neighborhoods or on college campuses <laughs> for this very reason. And I had to present my arms each time I went in. So they would make sure that I was not using uh, intravenous drugs. Right. And most people there were not uh, white kids in college and just a weird experience all around. I still remember the sensation of, so when, you, when you, they take your plasma, right. Blood goes back into you. And that is a weird feeling. And um, I, so anyway, um, that, that the description alone back in the day was enough for me to just 
nope out of that so yeah. fast. And like, there's no chance. You're no. Once you take something out of me, <laughs> it's it it's it's state. No, you can the the blood. That's on me. You can keep that. Take the plasma. Yeah. Take the blood. I don't care. Right. It also makes it even more sort of like. Uh, gross that I did this. It's like, no, to be clear, I'm not donating this blood to anyone. Like, give the blood back to me. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure some <laughs> listeners out there have been in the uh, plasma selling days. Um, anyway, I strongly remember walking around with like the bandage on my arm as I went to Burger King and then went back to my job <laughs> with it still fresh on there. So good times. They'd play some good. cool movies while we were uh, we were getting the plasma out. Um, it was really important to drink a lot of water so that it would go fast. I had all kinds of tips. Oof. Good times. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> I do uh, remember it though. It was like a really fun summer and all those albums that I talked about before. I remember right. listening to them on my like disc band as I was walking to the blood bank for my job. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And I see, was that the same? Was, uh, did you, you and Dana work together? I don't the, think we overlapped. No. Maybe briefly. Okay. Um, she worked up in the front though. And I was, uh, it, I was one back. of those warehouse monkeys. So yeah. <laughs> Right. Anyway, um, my last one. Yes. Um, the Angry Video Game Nerd. Uh, Are you familiar with a- Angry Video Game Nerd? Sounds familiar. So James Rolfe, he's this guy who, back in 2004, uh, created like just a few one-off videos of a, a character that he created. Uh, originally called the angry Nintendo nerd um, where he was reviewing uh, Simon's quest and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde on the NES. Uh And he was reviewing them like in 2004. And the joke was, look at this. The the joke was that this, this guy's upset about these old NES games and reviewing them that he, and he's super pissed off about it. It's like, why would anybody be so upset about, games that came out like decades ago and be this and this upset and and then so he just sort of created them as you know as a just a film project and just for fun and then he uploaded them and they got super huge and then and since 2006 um which was the first time when he when he first started uploading was his videos was 2006 and that's when i first saw them um and he's been doing this channel for the past 14 years on on YouTube. He's been putting out, uh, you know, AVGN uh, reviews of old shitty games and like, and but then he's like expanded and has done a bunch of other stuff on his channel. But um, yeah, it's crazy to think of of a it's like. You know, when I talk about Facebook too, it's like, man, I've been on Facebook for so long, but I've also been watching right. this one guy <laughs> yeah. on YouTube for 14 years, which is, yeah. which is nuts. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really like uh, foul mouthed and dirty reviews of, uh, of NES games and other, yeah. other really bad Nintendo games. So um, I'm a fan. Uh, Mr. Hyde kind of a uh, hat man looking type. That's, that's true. Call that's that out. True. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it full circle. Nailed it. Perfect. All right. Um, so that was the five. That, that was the five. Four.
Um, I don't know about you, but I think we should take a break. <laughs> I agree with that. You agree with that? All right. Well, when we come back, we'll finally, <laughs> yes. finally yeah. talk about the album that we have lied about talking about for like the past month. The end will be truly here. <laughs> yes. And we're back. Yeah. And we are talking. The end is here. Finally. Yeah. 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 The end is here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So stupid. That was. (laughs) <laughs> that will never that'll never get old i don't care i can't remember uh, if this was because it got shared again recently or i just found it randomly but um there was a video a while ago where people would cut <laughs> in those like goat screams um <laughs> with the nice. beginning of yeah uh whatever it, what song is that it's handbook for the sellout famously on the live versions they go yeah and there are <laughs> videos out there of goats going <laughs> uh replacing the scream so anyway check that out is that a is that a danny leary uh production it could be i mean i think this is a from a while ago oh, okay pre-danny's uh memes and videos days but okay okay that's fair we spent last week talking to producer engineer masaki lu who yeah, we did. gets gets the love from Reese, he sure does on this record. The call out saying how everything sounds good. It's because of Saki. He's a ninja. Saki's a ninja. I mean, the album does sound sounds great. great. It sounds yeah. really great. And as Saki said on on the interview, he normally doesn't do right. live sound. Well, but, you should do it more often. <laughs> yeah, you should. I mean, this is. I mean, I don't know what what it costs to keep Saki on a retainer to just like <laughs> right. come out to do your shows, but. Probably, yeah. probably ain't cheap. I know that there is a whole art to live sound mixing versus, you know, mixing for a record, but it is curious. Like, I wonder, would the sound for shows be different if it was, like, folks who mix for records more often? Like, I well, don't know. Well, um, we know that our boy Bob Moon mm-hmm. um, transitioned from studio, studio mixing to doing live sound. Yeah. Um, probably... I mean, it's probably. I mean, it's it's definitely a different art because it's you gotta you gotta set it up and yeah, right, do, right the first time and then maybe make minor adjustments. This is coming. This is maybe like a very ignorant thing to say, but maybe I mean that's what I assume. But as yeah. opposed to like uh, just tracking a record and then doing right. all the mixing later. Yeah, but, yeah, no, but I mean you can tell. So this is their second live album, and compared to proof yeah. of youth revolting like i mean it sounds great and particularly like the horns sound great everybody sounds good and very yeah. clear Reese like sounds great on this yeah. on this record i mean they all sound great as performers they're very tight and the sound is great and as we talked about Osaki, like there was just one show that they used for the live album it's just the show and that's yeah. a lot of pressure on that show i mean i know that they talked about going in with the possibility of including songs from other shows on the tour. Um, Cause they were, he said they were recording 
at least several of those last shows, right? Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, as opposed to Proof, which was the collection of shows, this was just just the one show, and it's pretty and, impressive that that's the case. And some of the cuts on Proof are not the best. I mean, they probably, right. it was probably like they had to use use what they had. Um, yeah. But like, just for example, uh, from proof that the youth are revolting it's just meme of like people being like i squirted milk up my nose during this i literally had whiskey come out of my nose yeah it's like uh, it's also it it's also yeah not only does it sound better but reese i mean <laughs> yes he's like he's like approaching the right the right key and the right note <laughs> but, approaching being the operative word yeah yeah but um, it just it just this album just sounds just so great it does and i remember i mean jason saying last week that the show they played the night before everybody was kind of like are they going to be up for like this final show um to sound good and boy did they come through and, and pull it off so yeah they did um yeah i think it's also a really good set list um yeah the the flow of it is really good um that you know he mentions on the album that they they didn't change it for the last show <laughs> it was just the set list <laughs> that they used for yeah. the tour which is totally fair yeah i was at uh, I don't know what did I say maybe like the third fourth to last show something like this the Chicago date they played on this tour is only a few before the final one and I remember um, this and I thought the set list sounded great and yeah my memory so yeah we should say this came out April 2004 it was released as a double album with The End Is Near um, and I remember thinking of it at the time as like a really fun collection uh, set live album experience. And that's still how I feel about it. I'd say if anything, it's grown on me after listening to all these songs so much for the last several months. Um, right. But I think it's a pretty great kind of final live album statement. Agreed. Agreed. Um, it was, um, you reached number 13 on the heat secrets chart. Not bad. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, if we didn't say it, this is from the final show, final show at the Fillmore in Denver, November 22nd, 2003, 3,600 people, which is, that's a lot of people. That is, you know, it, it makes sense. All the comments that Reese was making is like, right. is everybody passing out because of the right, heat right, or right. they get in getting enough water? I mean, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine... There was quite a bit of moshing and skanking, and <laughs> you know that that gets pretty sweaty pretty quick. Right. Yeah. I remember my my Brian. I think he had mentioned on Your previous Brian. my my brother Brian, <laughs> um, maybe mentioned when he was on the pod talking about when he would go to Five Iron shows that he and uh, John Ecker would bring extra shirts. <laughs> because yeah. they know they would know that after the show that they would just be right just drenched yeah. from being in the pit 
So yeah, it's pretty gross. That's something that I have like a certain level of tolerance for as a younger person. Yeah. And some of these punk shows that we've gone to now okay. in our thirties, yeah, I'm like, me. <laughs> I got to get in the pit and mix it up. But at the end of it, I'm like disgusted by the fact that I'm <laughs> covered in other people's sweat. Oh, I can't yeah, do anything right? worse right now. <laughs> I know the opposite of social distancing. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot of other setup except to say that a lot of these are like the third or fourth time we've heard them on the pod at this point. <laughs> so I don't have a lot to say about a fair amount of them. Uh, we could probably blow through some of these pretty easily. That's, so. that's true. But I do, I do, uh, actually, no, I'll, I'll save, I'll save the question for when we get there. All but right, let's uh, get to the, the intro. Mm-hmm. Denver, Colorado, the end is here. Please welcome to the stage for the very last time, Five Iron Frenzy. So, same dude who did the intro for right. Proof that I can tell. Right. Do you know who this dude is? It's not Bill Shannon or whatever, right? No, I don't no, think so. We already determined that. Yeah, no, I don't know who that is. Did we talk about it last week? It's all a lawyer, man. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what's what anymore. But No, I don't know who that guy is. Nope, no idea. <laughs> Probably should have asked uh, Sakir <laughs> Jason last week. But. Yeah, but we didn't. Uh, we do research. Right. Um, also, so, uh, before the song even starts, I just want to say how embarrassing it is that I couldn't name that the song was Handbook for the Zealot, which is like <laughs> you know, the most famous opening song. Whatever, who cares? Yeah, I mean, womp. Old West is the opening. I'm really just fucking up, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, whatever. Let's just listen to the album. Okay, let's listen to the opening track. <laughs> So this is my number one. Oh, interesting. Okay. I have not seen. So uh, they've not played this song in recent years. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, uh, so I went to set list FM mm. and as we all know, this it's uh, an, an infallible resource. For, <laughs> yes. But the, the last set list, at least on here that mm. they played Old West was January 14th, 2017. Okay. At the Majestic Ventura Theater in Ventura, California. Hmm. And they also opened with it. Well, bring it back, I say. Yeah. I mean, I would love to hear this song live. So it was our, both of our number twos from the actual album, but something about this final, this final version of it is hitting you right, right in the sweet spot. Yeah, it is, and it sounds it sounds great, and it's I, it even feels a little bit faster. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. So, I got nothing else to say, but it sounds great. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, let's move on to Handbook, the song that John forgot. <laughs> yeah! 
chanting and the singing of the audience it's so good such a highlight of that song yeah it sounds great everybody sounds great in the band it's a good band mix the crowd singing along sounds great yeah yeah yeah, it's what you want that's what you want uh all right let's uh move on to words you're going to we need to uh backtrack to maybe i'm trying to think if they had any banter at the end of handbook okay so we're good we'll just uh just the banter at the end of where zero meets 15 Uh, this is really surreal you know know how in movies (laughs) do you hear do you do you hear the guy? American crept out of the hide. Yes. The guy just sc- he is not me, but he's channeling how I felt. <laughs> he's, he's channeling both of us at the moment. <laughs> People fake their death and then they go to their own funeral. <laughs> the f- That's weird. It's, it's, we're, I'm looking out and I'm seeing like all these people, all, 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 the, all the big fans from everywhere. This is so crazy. It's got to, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, there's, it's, I played that for a reason that I I think it's really hard to imagine that sort of kind of culmination, especially in a room with that many people. And there's no wonder that, uh, he talks about (laughs) throwing up later. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jason and Saki talked about it last week that like, you could kind of tell the many feelings that were <laughs> being yeah. felt by the band. And um, it was like obvious on their faces. There was just a lot, a lot going on, a lot to process probably. Uh, everybody sounds good on this one. Very clear. Yeah, Great. Very, <laughs> yep. Um, cannonball. Yeah, 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 yeah
And this is your nothing. Nothing. I was I was fully <laughs> expecting that this was going to be in your top top three. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, I, I was curious, like, because uh, I think this was your number one on. Correct. On the end is near, right? Yep. Yep. And I was, and I'm curious if you have any memory of this song from. Sorry, I'm laughing because. <laughs> Obviously, American Kryptonite was both of our number one for that album. I oh. literally can't remember everything. <laughs> Quarantine has melted my brain. Oh my god! This, um, we've, but yes, you know it's it's kind of funny that we've been putting off this record for so long, and we're both so unprepared. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's just, why it's like oh just my been god. hanging out in the recesses of my brain for a while. I know, right? Like um, I've been I've been prepared to do this <laughs> this episode and just and I just feel like oh my god, I can't remember. Nothing, nothing is anything. Um, no, right? No, yes. Cannonball was my number two, number and two, your, and your number three. Okay, um, okay, okay. I do love it. I think this is a cool version, but that's how I feel about pretty much every song on this album. So. Fair, fair. Anyway, okay, so you have, you have nothing else to say about it. <laughs> yeah, literally nothing. Luke Holm. Ooh, yeah. We've heard this song, what, 17 times so yeah, far in this pod? <laughs> It's it's an all timer. Yeah, there's an all time classic. There's no surprises here, though. Other than it just it sounds good, which is no surprise. Yeah. But yeah, um, what is funny is his. Let's get the beginning part. Oh, you must scoot back. Oh, what you found my comb? Boy, I never heard that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow morning when I'm sleeping in until until like noon, I'm gonna be like, no more combs. <laughs> Andy, <laughs> I've got I've got I've got about ten thousand combs at home. If you only knew how many times we'd wished we'd name that. Have you seen my dollar? Yeah. I just. That's like an old joke of theirs, right? That's not like something he dropped just then. I I don't know. I, who knows? But. Yeah, Dennis and Dennis and Reese should have gone uh, on to do some stand up after <laughs> five there. What's the deal with Scott? <laughs> oh boy. Um yeah, so great into it. Um and Reese laments the comb song. Yes. <laughs> this is a new song, it's called At Least I'm Not Like All Those Other Old Guys. <laughs>
Another pseudo false metal song. Yeah, sounds great though. Banger. It is. Um, he introduces it as a new song, which it was. The album had only been out for like six months at this point, but it is funny that there are several other songs from the record, um, and people seem to be already well into uh, Cannibal yeah. and American Kryptonite enough to be shouting for it, like <laughs> that one guy. But... <laughs> yeah, oh, it sounds good. Probably shouldn't move here. Probably shouldn't move here. I heard that your state could be sinking. I'll make my Michigan J Frog joke again. Um, <laughs> but Reese also does the, uh, he pulls off the yodeling very yeah, he well. does with some, with some reverb yeah. in there. He did great. So good with the I'm, echo in there. He did yeah. great. Thank you, Saki, for choosing to use reverb on that. <laughs> <laughs> so wonderful. Yeah, very good. Um, the, yeah, this is this is my uh, number three from All the Hype. I like the song a lot. It's really fun live. I think it's it fun, is a fun here. It is a very fun live song. It threatens to get away from them a little bit at the beginning. <laughs> like the beat is a little bit off, but they they find their path. Yeah, uh, they they find they get back in that pocket and yeah, yeah. get it. Um, <laughs> So there's there's a little bit of a, um, a Danny Leary Easter egg in this track. Mm. All right. Right for school. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, man? We had him on our side. I know. I'm sorry. He liked us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mike, how you doing, dude? I'm doing good. What's up? Not much. Yeah. Uh, wow. There's all these things I want to say to people. I'm wondering. I'm wondering who uh, came the furthest. Did you hear the person say, "Yell, these are not my pants"? I did not. But <laughs> cheers to that person. The dude that looked like Abraham Lincoln last oh, night. Oh yeah, the guy that looks like Abraham Lincoln that came from Australia. Yeah. Bino. Who came from further than Australia? Did you, the, did you hear yeah. the New Zealand? <laughs> I did. Yeah. yeah, that was that. Cheers, uh, Danny. Cheers to Danny Leary for yeah. uh, shouting out that <laughs> people that he had met <laughs> were, were from, there. from there, but I don't think they were. 
No. He wasn't the person. <laughs> he just wanted to make sure that person got some recognition. Yeah, good for him. Also, uh, yeah, Saki talked about the Abraham Lincoln dude last week, so <laughs> shouts to that guy as well. <laughs> I think it's funny that people are like, uh, dressing up as <laughs> like a character from their B-sides jo- <laughs> joke songs. So I'm assuming that it's the Abraham Lincoln beard that they're I hope they're so. Because I, I mean, mean the, the Reese video where he's Abraham Lincoln would not come uh, for a while. Yeah, right? that so. didn't, that, that's um, th- yeah, that's that's years later. Right, right, right. With Reese as like Abraham Lincoln as Wolverine. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's Zen in the Art of Xenophobia, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, we're moving on. <laughs> sounds great. I just think that everybody's firing on all cylinders yeah. on this album. I mean, sound and Andy sounds great. I mean, the horn section just—I mean that yeah. the, the the that riff—it just—it's just, it's just it clicking great. in. It's just—it's just all great. It's all great. I would like to shout out in particular Dennis's background vocals on this album. Yeah. They sound awesome. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we need to give Dennis more love <laughs> than we do. We need to do like a Dennis app where we just yeah, sing we, his praises because I feel like we've gotten a bad rap as far. No, as, like I don't. I don't think like nobody's like. I feel like people are aware that we we yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't stand a lot of uh, Dennis songs. <laughs> right. But it's not. This isn't anything against him. Like as a person like he seems like i mean i've met i you know met him you know a couple times like he's a perfectly lovely person and a an obviously great musician and yes but um that doesn't mean we're obligated to like (laughs) like all of his writing like there but i i just i do think he's a great a great singer and a great musician and i so credit where credit is due yes absolutely yeah um, we uh get a Very le- special little. <laughs> well, let's get the intro. Hey, uh, Leonor, your here parents are both here watching us. Would you like to sing a song for them? Okay. Esta canción es para mi madre, mi padre. You guys know the words to these songs, or this song. When I go out, I play in the street, I get hit by cars, I make mashed potatoes, I get hit by cars. Here we go. So she nailed that. <laughs> Shout out to those metal growls there. <laughs> <laughs> and now, well, that was for her right, parents. I, 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 listen, I, I know this is going to sound bad, but I kept, I kept throwing up in my mouth, and I didn't want it to ruin the show, so 
I went back there and I made myself throw up. <laughs> I love it. Mom, so I know you're thinking I have an eating disorder. It's okay. Did it's, you look in the mirror? <laughs> yeah, I looked in the mirror and I was like, I was like, I can't stand you. And then I smiled and I was like, oh, you go get them. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Reese, he's got jokes. He's, he's the best. And sick burn by Leonardo as well. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> she called him ugly. It's a little white boy reggae for you. It's called See the Flames Begin yeah. to Crawl. Perspiration! Introduces it as white boy reggae. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like it's a little bit more. There, he's at least he's self-aware. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. Um, John, are yeah. we like halfway through the album and you haven't <laughs> named any song? As in my top three. Yeah, that's correct. They're, they're coming. Um, I will say I like this. Are one you gonna? More. Are you gonna? Are you gonna cop out and choose the medley? Is that? I mean. <laughs> We'll okay. Interest, interesting. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. All right. Um, I will say I like this more than the album version. Like, <laughs> I think, you know, sometimes when you hear songs live and they're like unlocked a little bit, I feel like that a little bit with this one where on the album, it kind of feels silly to me. Um, and in this, I'm like, oh, I kind of get the groove they're going for here. I like how forward the bass is in the mix. I think that horn breakdown that comes a little later sounds great. The horns just sound good in general. So this yeah. kind of became a live staple, at least for a while. And I could see why with this performance, I think it's really cool. Yep. I, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mind having this work into oh. the rotation. I'll take I it. do like the, I do like the background vocals. Yeah. No, they sound good. Even though I liked, even though it's not, he doesn't say perspiration. <laughs> but the like, hop, hop, yeah, up, that whole vibe, it just feels like yep. I'm into this. This is fun. Yeah, there, and there's like a good, there's a little bit of a reverb or something. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Sean, Sean, Sean. Sean, Sean. Weird choice. That's a curious choice. <laughs> but I appreciate it. Watching 
Mrs. Brady, from the brand new Kenmo washer. See the green gleam of the automatic tooth. Was a beautiful vagina, but it looked like cup and saucer. Yeah, I saw your Rolex, but I think it's an imposter. Way to the pretty ladies with your brand new So I literally would have chosen almost any other song from Boogaloo. Yeah. Other than this one, like <laughs> what I have my first in my notes is like not my first choice. <laughs> pre ex girlfriend, yes, you know, far, far away, far sighted. Yeah. The day we yeah. killed Crazy Horse, Plan yeah. B, like literally any of those songs, it is would have been <laughs> a better choice. Not my preferred choice, but it is interesting. Like I think it, I kind of give them props for including this. Like it's, it's a, a it's a B side, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it's I was surprised, um, but you know, I've, like I feel kind of like the way that I do on the album. We're like, huh, interesting. All right, well, go ahead, guys. So the fact that they did that here too, I'm like, all right, yeah, all right. Uh, from vultures to uh, you can't handle this. A uh, better boogaloo song. The song is uh, it's for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> It's entitled, You Can't Handle This. props for being able to go on this tour and nail these yeah. vocals at the yeah. very at the very end and even with the key change he still yeah. Yeah. It's and the harmonies sound great too so yeah they do kudos yeah, I mean, just the fact that this is all, we know this is all from the same performance. Like, he really crushed it. Very yeah. impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah, this song sounds good. That opening guitar riff we love sounds yeah. so cool. Sounds um, really good. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I got nothing. This is a false metal song. It's called American Kryptonite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The eye 
That's my number two. Uh, my number two as well. And yes, we are a pro include American Kryptonite and said list podcast. Yep. Um, and the last set that I could find uh, ago, right? 2018, June 2018. Oh, not that long ago. All right. Not well. that long ago, but <laughs> even still, it's. Um, sure. I will take it. Please and thank you. Yeah. Um, Shout out to calling it false metal in the intro. I also think they refer to Exumator before that. They <laughs> do. Um, oh, yeah, we got to hear this part. Yes. You know, into it. We were debating whether Reese or Micah handled that part most times live, and it sounds like it's both of them here. Yeah, eventually. Which I will say, Reese hitting those high notes, <laughs> which he will continue to do in the set after this, and shouting at the top of his lungs, like <laughs> he's yeah. really good for it. It sounds great. I yeah. love this song dearly. It's there's a there's a reason the song's probably in the second half. Yeah, can't can't blow out them brakes. Right, right, right. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. Um, so um, that's your number two. two. All right. Well. Yep. Oh, oh, shit. That little echo there. Yeah, it's so great. good. And then the shredding later. <laughs> This is my number three. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, it rules. It's yep. such a fun one live. Yep. Um, come on, Keith. 
great. So uh, great. Reverb on the hair metal screams is perfect. Yeah. It's just so much even fun. at the even at the very end of the track too, he's got that yeah little echoey thing going on. So, so great. So I'll happy it. about it. Um, well, my next one may or may not be a cheat. <laughs> Sing them if you know them. This is the medley. There's, there's still some more, but um, this is your cheat song. It is my cheat. I even have in here a cheat question mark, but <laughs> it's my number one. How can it not be my number one? I, I mean, mean, so here's, I have, I have two minds about this song. Sure. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to begrudge you. I mean, it's a, it's a track on the album. So I feel like, of course it counts. Um, I'm, but I'm of two minds about this song. Um, I mean, I would have swapped out any number of these songs for vultures. <laughs> <laughs> yes. To get like a full version of just about any of those songs. Agreed. And I and like I like at the same time that like I it's like, oh man, I wish some of those songs I would have been like, oh man, I really wish I could have heard like the full version of that song and not like the forty five second version of that song. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, but 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 and like I said, I'm of two minds. Like I'm of that that part where I'm like, oh I wish if I were a fan and I and like uh, Sucker Punch or you know One Girl Army or was my favorite song uh, do they play Sucker Punch I don't even I, I can't remember they do yes okay. it's in there uh, um, and if I was a fan I'd be like oh man I, I wanted to hear that whole song but then you gotta think about Five Iron like we wanna try and get as many of every all the fan right, favorites right. as possible and to cram it into nine minutes yeah um to make sure everybody leaves it with at least a little bit of a 
yeah one of their one of their favorites or something i don't know and i do think they put it together in a really cool way like i, I think it flows all together in a really fun way where it sort of crescendos and then culminates and <laughs> sometimes when we touch being included is really weird and funny <laughs> and random um but yeah, I'll just name briefly all the songs that are in there in case people forgot, but it's Flower Song, Sucker Punch, One Girl Army, My Evil Plan, Sometimes When We Touch, Pre-Ex-Girlfriend, Combat Chuck, Dandelion, Superpowers, Cool Enough For You. And I said in a previous podcast that Leonor let me sing along um, in concert to my favorite part of my favorite song of Five Iron, and it was actually this show. I thought it was the one at North Park where I was security, and I might have been security at this one too, I can't remember, but somehow I was at the very front, and Leonore gave me her like sax mic for um, the la, 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 la. Yeah. And in that moment I was like, I would have loved, Cool Enough For You is probably my favorite Five Iron song. That's my favorite part of it. I probably would have enjoyed having that as a full song in their final show in the set list, but having it there as the ending song and getting to sing along to that part was just such a like memory. So if I had to isolate and maybe not cheat a single track from the medley, if that's allowed, I would say cool enough for you is my number one. (laughs) But um, I also want to shout out that for combat Chuck, and maybe this is something they always do live and I just don't remember, but you know, in the song it's, combat chuck pick it up pick it up and then the yeah. song would say put it back put it back which is pretty <laughs> funny um anyway funny. medley yeah we have not uh, hit your number one yet right no old west oh of course you know yeah okay never mind this first track <laughs> it's so weird that i got something wrong in this episode <laughs> you're nailing it <laughs> yep uh we're in the the home stretch here there This is the superior live version to definitely to proof. Uh, also, it was, because, so, it was so new at that point, right? He also sets it up better here than he does on proof. Yeah, which, like, granted, was a little closer to the actual events from Columbine at that time. But I feel like he he you know we kind of parsed through how he talked about it on the proof up. But I think in this one, it 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 makes a little more sense and hangs together better. So, um, yeah, this was uh, my number one. Um, from all the hype and i think this is a great version of it so yep the the whoa still sounds sounds great great. yeah it does Lots of physics, no one's ever heard or seen a more beautiful thing in this life. 
I, I still maintain that it's a, a curious tone switch. <laughs> yes, agreed. Um, but I know like people it. really like this song. <laughs> Uh, yes, for sure they do. Uh, what did you call it? Like a circus song? <laughs> a circus song paired with it, like a pretty traditional CCM worship course. Yeah, it, it just it just feels like it's like you know like a merry-go-round circus. Like <laughs> yeah, except on this merry-go-round, you would, you'd get like thrown off right, just yeah. because it'd be like spinning. Just <laughs> and then you'd meet the Lord. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is the only one that feels a little sloppy to me. Like the timing is a little off and maybe that's why <laughs> like those super fast punk drums coming straight out of a like pretty standard uh, percussive time for a worship song. Um, but I think, it, I, do, I think it's really cool when um, they drop out and it's just the voices. That is pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I think we, we don't like this as much as most people, but I do think it's a cool, a cool yeah. moment. Yep, and then people chant and cheer for them for like a solid three minutes. <laughs> yep. Um, and then they obviously say thank you at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. This is a. You guys know what this song is. We always play it last. It's called Every New Day. There's a new horn arrangement. Toward the end? Towards the end. This is something that Danny Leary reached out to me mm. and said that he wanted us to talk about the uh. the horn arrangement because he 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 remembered that in his friend's circle that there was like 
maybe it was just more of a controversial debate. There was a debate. Um, that some he controversy? Said, some controversy will be. He said that my friends and I had many conversations about it in 2003. Huh. Um, because of the hallelujah? Because it was just like a new part? Um, no, because the instead of the... Dun, dun, Right. Sure, sure, sure. I think it's great. So this is like at least the third time we've heard this on the pod. So I'm all for like changing it up, trying switching it up. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't mind. I think yeah, it sounds. It's not like it's not like vastly different. It's no. It's different enough to make it to keep it fresh. To um, have it, I think it's. Like, I think it's gutsy to like switch it up. Like yeah, right at the very end of your career. To yeah. be like, hey, the song that we've been playing forever, uh, we're going <laughs> to all of a sudden do it a little different now. I wish you would have introduced it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I mean, you know, as like a culminating, this is the final moment, I think it's cool to give it kind of an extra level. You know, I've said this before, but like um, that final chorus, no matter t- how many times I hear it, when it builds up to it, it still gives me a chill a little bit. Like it's, yeah. it retains its power, I think. Um this one feels a little slow to me. I don't know. Maybe it's not, but um, I don't know. I still, I still like it. Um, but yeah. And then the Reese vocals at the ending, I think are great. I don't know. I don't, I don't, um, I have no beef with the changed up of the horn part or the hallelujah or any of that. Um, um, you have thoughts on the, uh... there's the thank yous. You know, they do some worship songs. Yeah. Not unusual for them. If they're going to do one, Amazing Grace, pretty good one, as far as I am yeah. concerned. Um, and the aforementioned uh, Silent Night. Silent Night. Um, it's a good day to die. Yeah, we talked about Hard. this last week, too. Oh. When I listened through to this, initially I was like, it's a little weird, but it sounds nice. But I think hearing Jason describe it, I was like, that's actually really cool. Um, and imagining people walking outside to the snow falling. It sounds like a special moment. I agree. I mean, it's, and it's, it's a great, it's a great hymn. And it was close enough to Christmas, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah, we talked about this last week too, but he mentions the, the sitting bull quote, today's a good day to die. Yeah. He talks about passing the mantle like Elijah to Elisha. And, um, I think that's cool too, that the idea that like, we're kind of turning this over to you now. Um, so as much as I kind of like struggle sometimes with the like transition into the, the encore being sort of like CCM songs, I think this is a pretty good mix of sort of, um, reverent songs and things to say together and yeah imagining what jason described about like people filing out into the night together instead of sticking around yeah. is pretty pretty powerful so i don't know yeah. I, I think it's really cool cosine and uh that's the end of that chapter yeah it is the <laughs> second chapter a hey. uh begins eventually yeah that was uh the end was here at that point but guess what mere uh what 11 years later something like that <laughs> something <laughs> uh, no uh, not that not that many 
no. Uh, no ten, I, 10 years later. Ish. Yeah. Well, ish. I mean, I think they started playing again in 2012. I think they, they played okay. some, some one-off shows in 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the album came out in 2013. But, you know, considering that they were only really around for eight and a half years, to have that be pretty much the same amount of time before they reunited is, is significant. True. Um, so True. it did feel like a real kind of definitive closing at the time. But yeah, I am glad that they came back <laughs> and we'll get there. Did we talk about... Um, no, no, this wasn't, this wasn't us. There was somebody... So I would... Um, I'm curious about people's thoughts on the reuniting because... Uh, I, I do, I've, I had a conversation with somebody about how, um, there have been bands that like make a big to do about them breaking up and how it's like, they do like a big farewell tour and then two years later and then two years later they come back and it's like, they have a new album and everybody's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's not like, yeah, it it just, and then they like kind of get upset that like well, what am I spending all this? Am I spending money? Is this justified? Is this a cash grab? Are you taking advantage of your fans? But then there's another part of me that's like, hey, this band that you love is making new music again. Right. Um, what's to be upset about? But I don't know. Yeah. Again, I, I don't have a firm position. I'm curious. I'm curious how people. Yeah you know, the, the hardcore five iron fans that were at the last show, what they thought if they were all like psyched or if there were people that were like, uh, I don't know or if they were wary about the return. Yeah. I think, um, that will be something we're going to have to, we'll get that conversation going as we prepare for the, for the return. Indeed. Um, yeah, no, I think it, it partly depends on like kind of the tone of the band too. Right. Like I remember, Mm -hmm. Smashing Pumpkins was huge for me growing up. And they did this giant, like, you know, final, this is the end, like this huge thing. And then like a couple of years later, Billy Corgan. Swan. Put, yeah. Was one. But then he put out like a full page ad in the Chicago Tribune. I mean, like I'm getting my band back together and just like, <laughs> all right, buddy, like what are we just do this whole thing for? So, I mean, I think when there is a big kind of pomp and circumstance around it and then they reunite, very shortly after it feels like, well, why'd you do that whole thing? Yeah. Um, but a, if you, if you don't do the pomp and circumstance and you reunite just a little bit later, you're just like pleasantly surprised and B, if you do it, but it's been a long time, like nine years or whatever in five irons case, I feel like that's, that's warranted. I'm sure they had no expectation of reuniting at the time. So. Right. You know, they all went off and started families and got different careers and, and things of that sort. Different or bands that will different bands. Into. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah i guess that is the end it is the end for now for now um well if you have thoughts on the end you can share them at magnified pod on instagram twitter and facebook smash that subscribe button if you haven't already and give us a rating or a review on apple podcasts we'll also take them at stitcher spotify wherever but if you leave us a funny review We'll read that shit right on the pod, baby. Um, you can also email your takes to us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763-8727-MAGPOD. That's right. 
<laughs> Perfect. Uh, join Riker as a Patreon punk by hitting up patreon.com slash magnified pod. Get some of that tasty merch we were talking about. Soft Ooh. hoodies. Those hoodies Ooh. are soft AF. Yeah, they are. We're at magnifiedpod.storyandre.com. Thanks, as always, to our shadow producer, Jason, at Unoriginal Vinyl. And thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios and the aforementioned Danny Leary for our artwork. Well, time is truly winding down, mm-hmm. but only for this episode slash iteration of the band. We want you to be found enjoying the next step when we'll be discussing Brave St. Saturn's So Far From Home. <laughs> You can find me and John at the next Five Iron show, mixing it up in the pit to American Kryptonite. <laughs> yes, you definitely can. Whenever <laughs> that will happen. When Whenever society... they decide to do that and when we're all not dying. Yep. <laughs>